Welcome to the show. This is Free Talk Live. It's Stephanie with you tonight. And Bradley. And we are filling in for Ian and Mark. They are away at a talk radio convention in New York City. They were kind enough to ask us to come in and host. And very glad to be with you. And Brad, thanks for coming in with me tonight. Hey, no problem. It was only a brief three-hour drive to get here. Yeah, and you know, I don't think we've ever done a show together, so this will be a first time. Excellent. Yeah. And we'd love to hear from you this evening at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live is a show where you can call and bring up whatever's on your mind, and we do love to hear from our listeners. But in the meantime, we're going to start off talking about something, well, newsy and disturbing, I would say. Um, Brad, you've got this article about the NDAA and how Obama is basically fighting to keep it, even though a judge has barred it. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me more? One of the most, uh, one of the most threatening things to civil liberties in the United States uh, as of recent, is the National Defense Authorization Act um, of 2011, which in part, one of its uh, provisions, actually Section 1021, it actually allows, it makes it optional, not mandatory, but if you're an American citizen, you can be snatched off the street by military officials and put into military custody uh, without any access to the federal court system. It is scary. It's very scary. Oh, but they would only use it on the the bad guys, right, Brad? Right. You trust us, right? (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, there has, one of the like basic founding principles of, of you know the American justice system is due process and being able to yeah. make your make your argument that uh, th- what the state is doing is unjust and uh, or illegal and effectively this makes uh, this this particular uh, provision of law uh, allows the military to uh, bypass the courts or it allows the president of the United States to bypass the courts so um, a, a federal judge in the District of Columbia struck down um, or excuse me uh, temporarily enjoined the enforcement of this prov- this provision of law. Now, okay, I need your help translating, sure. please, uh, yeah. <laughs> since you're experienced in this whole legal system here. <laughs> okay. You're a former police officer, if, in case anybody doesn't know. But So what is, what's the difference between a temporary injunction? Like, why would a judge do that versus some other well, action? Well, if, if, uh, if someone sues somebody and they're likely to prevail um, on the merits of their case, they can um, ask for an injunction, which basically keeps the status quo of, of a situation. So okay. when and uh, people sued um, against the federal government and against specifically the NDAA, and they uh, they said that this is unconstitutional. Um, the court itself said, "Give me an example. Tell me what it means to uh, substantially subso- uh, support associated forces." Wow, it, they need an example. Yeah, and the government <laughs> there the, was very the, high profile examples the, of this. Yeah, the government's response to that was, "I'm not in a p- position to give specific examples." And the judge said, "Give me one." And again, the government said, "I'm not in a position to give one specific example." So what this this means is uh, any American citizen in the United States, uh, the government is saying that you don't need to be on notice of what you could possibly do or say that might get you uh, black bagged and whisked off to military custody. Um, Why even bother having a trial anyway? I mean, it's just it seems like it's just for show. They're going to do whatever they want. Why bother passing a law? Even uh, Well, I mean, <laughs> it's broken down so far at this point. Th- There's no... I think rule I've, of law anymore. I've, well, I think I may have a little more faith in trying to uh, trying to get the system to do the right thing than than you may have. I mean, obviously, we come from different vantage points on this issue. Um, 
I, I guess. I mean, but do you think it's really faith? Like there's faith is something that I think of as there's no evidence for it. Right? <laughs> well, you just believe that something will, okay, will well, come I, true. I, I would like to look for the the best in all people and including President Obama. And, and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's very uh, it's very concerning that the president is defending this and uh, having the Justice Department, which is supposed to defend the rights of the people in the United States, uh, effectively uh, advocating to destroy the rights of the people in the United States. Yeah. Um, so one more question before you go back to yeah. the article. Who was it that brought this lawsuit? Uh, the, laws- the lawsuit was brought by some activists, I believe, who were concerned, um, actually uh, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning uh, journalists who were concerned about um, things that they might say mm. um, or do. Uh, because yeah, ima- I bet they're concerned. <laughs> imagine if you're I a journalist, uh, imagine if you're a journalist and you want to contact the Taliban or if you're a journalist and you want to contact Al-Qaeda, you yep. have a constitutional right to do that. Yeah. And you have a right to report to the American people what, um, you, you know, what you hear. And so these journalists are concerned that um, they may be held indefinitely without any type of trial. And can you really blame them? No, I'm I'm concerned about it myself. I mean, it's easy for someone to just be labeled an enemy combatant, and then what can they do about it? They really have no recourse and no defense. It's it's uh, very frightening. Yeah. I, I, well, so anyway, so, so this was like a civil liberties kind of uh, group of people, I guess. People. Right. Well, I'm uh, more journalist. How uh, much you want to bet that they're like liberal on other issues? You know, they're. they're well, Probably I mean, want the government to do other things. A lot of people are liberal on issues uh, until those issues come knocking at their front door, uh, mm-hmm. and you know that they come knocking at your front door with a provost marshal from the military ready to ready yeah. to take you away. Unfortunately, um, a lot of people sort of don't adopt libertarian views or liberty oriented views until, until some, it's too they have late. A bad experience with the state. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, this article um, that I've been sort of leading up to uh, is on uh, commondreams.org and it's titled the okay. Obama administration doubles down for indefinite detention authority. Federal prosecutors from Obama's Department of Justice on Friday asked the judge to lift an injunction placed on specific section of a recent law that permits the indefinite military detention by the United States government and was signed by the president in December. Earlier this month, Manhattan federal court judge Catherine Forrest sided with plaintiffs who filed suit as journalists and uh, political activists against provisions in the 2011 National Defense Authorization Act, arguing portions of the law were vaguely worded and an encroachment on their right to free speech overstepping constitutional authority. The government. Every law is vaguely worded. <laughs> I mean, that's that's an arbitrary argument itself. I mean, well, when, when can't they win this on principle? Like, hey, putting people in jail with no due process. That's wrong. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I know that's not how the legal system works. But. Unfortunately, no. And, and unfortunately, um, just because a law is worded a specific way or because the Constitution says something, uh, people like to twist that and, and twist it in ways that benefits them and their friends. And Isn't their, that the point? Well, I mean, if, you could argue that. Yeah, I, I read somewhere on Facebook the other day, someone posted, um, if government is supposed to protect us from criminals, what happens when criminals uh, control the government? Yeah. And it puts you... Uh, anyway, uh, continuing on. Food for thought. <laughs> food for thought. The, uh, the government was unwilling or unable to state that these plaintiffs would not be subject to indefinite detention under Section 1021, Judge Forrest said in her earlier ruling. Plaintiffs are therefore at risk of detention of of losing their liberty potentially for many years. Uh, Everyone's at risk for losing their liberty, and we've been losing it. <laughs> true, but uh, under normal circumstances, you have the opportunity to um, to uh, 
due process where you can go to court, you can have a trial in front of a judge or a trial in front of a jury, and you have the right to uh, to call witnesses and present evidence in your favor. And mm-hmm. in these cases, uh, the military risks you away. Yeah. No. You know, the the government will probably give, uh, you know, national security letters to uh, to people uh, in your family and they can't say anything about anything and you're just gone. Oh, right. Yeah. It's a gag order. Right. I'm talking about it. Yeah, I know. It's frightening stuff. This is not the these are not the uh, principles that this country was originally founded on. No. And it's uh, the way things have uh, shifted so so far down this uh, down this path, it's it's just very uh, very concerning. Yeah, is there anyone out there who's similarly concerned about this? I mean, it seems like a lot of people just oh well, it doesn't really affect me, so well, I I'm mean, just going to go. Along. I, I mean, I don't think I don't think neither you or I would disagree that the government, if if there's a legitimate. A uh, person who who uh, does something wrong and does something criminal. I mean, even uh, even you know um, members of Congress make this argument too that uh, if someone is a terrorist, try them in court, give them rights to a jury, let, present the evidence, and uh, you know if they're guilty, they'll be found guilty. When when the system gets changed in a way, yeah. So, if the system is so great, can it root out the guilty people who are truly guilty? Yeah, sure. That's a great point. This isn't this isn't about the terrorists. This is about protecting the rights of people who are not terrorists. Uh-huh. Because uh, you know, if the state has the power to just accuse people of being uh, of enemy being enemy combatants, enemy combatants, and, yeah. and away you go, mm-hmm. you know, and who's going to stand up for you when no one knows where you are? Exactly, and we have to point out too that Obama said that he would close Guantanamo, and he didn't. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's been four years, and it hasn't happened yet. Yep. He kind of stopped talking about it for a while after after it was clear that he wasn't going to close it, but. He's continued a lot of the uh, policies of the Bush administration that many people didn't like. Nope. This is Free Talk Live. You can call us at 855-450-FREE. We'd love to hear your opinion on this. What would you do if you got whisked away to some detention center with no due process? Scary stuff. Free Talk Live, give us a call and let us know what you think. There is more coming up. Are you excited about Flaming Freedom's bigger, gayer dance party at this year's Pork Fest? Oh, yeah. Well, you should be. There's going to be hopping dance music and a giant tent full of liberty lovers getting their gay on. By gay? Do you mean happy? Uh, d- sure, Claire. Super Gay Dre is bringing his elite team of drag queens led by Fiolencia. There's going to be raffles for all kinds of prizes, as well as prizes for gayest costume, best drag queen, and best drag king. So get your ticket now for the insanely cheap price of just $5 at flamingfreedom.com slash dance party. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Stephanie here with you. And Bradley. We're glad that you've joined us this evening. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We love to hear from our listeners, and uh, we encourage you to call and bring up whatever's on your mind. We've been talking about the NDAA. You know, a lot of these alphabet soup acronyms come out, and they're kind of funny sounding, but nobody really maybe understands exactly what's going on. But in this case, it's a a really scary policy that allows government agents to just snatch you up and, uh, you know, send you off to some detention center with uh, no warning. Well, 
I think they. I think that they need the president's permission to do it. I mean, he would have to designate you an enemy combatant. But I mean, that leaves way too much power in the hands of one branch of government. You know, the the government is supposed to have three branches. Yeah, and, they all have too much power, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, it, you know, you might be branded an enemy combatant for using bitcoins, which is all the more reason to pay attention to them. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign, no fees or terms of service to abide by. Uh, anyone can download the free bitcoin. Bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes. With Bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world without needing the permission of any bank or government. To learn how, visit weusecoins.org. And now thanks to BitInstant, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your Bitcoins with cash, visit bitinstant.com. So uh, good stuff, Brad. Let's go back to this article. Tell me a little bit more. Yeah, for the uh, for new listeners that are just tuning in, um, I'm reading an article about how President Obama, uh, his Justice Department has requested that um, a judge who blocked the indefinite uh, indefinite detention provision of the National Defense Auth- Authorization Act of 2011, um, the judge who said that the government can't whisk you away to military custody uh, without. Uh, due process, uh, the president is now asking that um, the judge reconsider her reconsider her decision. So to continue the article... Um, he was so reluctant to sign it, too. Remember, didn't he come out and say, oh, I'm reluctantly signing this and we just have to do it? Well, the way politicians do this is they include in the uh, like the absolutely essential bill for the uh, for the United States military to operate, they, they sneak these things in. So, you know, it's either the president gets put in a position where the military becomes defunded or, uh, you know, there's indefinite detention. And, and I don't doubt uh, for a second that the president has qualms about this, but and they're never going to defund the military. Of uh, course, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I, I highly so it's doubt basically that. you're stuck with indefinite detention, right? So continuing on in that article, uh, but the prosecutors on Friday doubled down on behalf of the executive branch, saying that indefinite indefinite military detention without trial is justified in some cases involving militants or their supporters. But Forrest's previous arguments was that the government had not adequately addressed the concerns of the plaintiffs who said that they too, because of their activities as political advocates or as journalists interacting with various potentially targeted parties, could also be swept up. Also arguing against promises of restraint by the Obama Justice Department, the plaintiffs said there were no guarantees that the future administrations wouldn't apply the statute more broadly. Yeah, and that's another point that a lot of people like to bring up. You know, just because your favorite team, whether that's the Republicans or the Democrats, passes some law and you think, oh, they'll never abuse it, they'll always apply it fairly, what happens when the other team gets in power? That's right. right. Um, Continuing on, this law was, after all, not about foreign terrorism, prize-winning journalist Chris Hedges, one of the plaintiffs... Oh, Chris Hedges, yeah. I've read a book by him called War is a Force That Gives Us Meaning, and I think that's kind of a... A sarcastic title, but he's really kind of deconstructing the nationalistic fervor, especially going into the war with you know Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, oh, he's a, he's a great writer. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a fan of his work. Um, mm. I bet he's scared. I mean, I bet he's scared <laughs> about getting detained because he's definitely writing some stuff that is disruptive to the status quo, to which say is least. protected by the First Amendment. Yeah, unfortunately absolutely. for the status quo, which is why they need the NDAA in order to silence any dissent. So the, the First Amendment doesn't exist to protect popular speech you know (laughs) (laughs) so anyway um this law was after all not about foreign terrorism prize-winning journalist chris hedges one of the plaintiffs in the suit wrote last week it was about domestic dissent if the state could link occupy and the other legitimate protest movements with terrorist groups 
uh, U.S. Day of Rage suffered an attempt, then the provisions in the NDAA in a period of instability be used to disappear U.S. citizens into military gulags, including the government's offshore penal colonies. And once there, stripped of due process, detainees could be held until the language of the law, the end of hostilities. In an age of permanent <laughs> war, is... that would be a lifetime, he said. Yeah, exactly. You could be detained for the rest of your life. Right. And Think about that for a minute. Let that sink in. You could literally be snatched off the street. I mean, no wonder people are scared to criticize the government well, right, I, when they hear stuff like this. I've, I've had a, uh, I had a good discussion about this very issue um, with, uh, with a guy who I know who's a very, very staunch conservative, and he supports this wholeheartedly. Getting him to try to think for a second that, wait a second, what if, um, what if this power is abused? Um, you know, you could be snatched up and disappeared. And, you oh, know, that would never happen to me. That, right? Exactly. <laughs> and this is, this is the problem. Yeah. People need to stop and say, wait a second, um, let's, let's see the way other people are being treated. And if we find that, you know, would we feel comfortable being treated the same way? And well, exactly. That's basic human compassion. Right. That's empathy. You know, the idea of being able to imagine yourself experiencing what you see another person experiencing. Right. And if he can't do that, I mean, does he believe that there is anybody who, does he believe that the government is never wrong? Like, like the Pope, they're infallible. (laughs) They can never make a mistake. Right. Supposedly the Pope is infallible, but we all know the truth and and the truth about the government too. Because if they've ever convicted someone who's, or if they've ever, um, what, what is it? Detained someone who was actually innocent. If they've ever caught the wrong person, swept the wrong person up in one of their, uh, investigations, then they've been wrong. And that person, you know, is someone that maybe he could empathize with. Well, I think it was an extremely poor taste that uh, President Obama at one national press club event made a joke about the uh, Uyghurs, which are a a group of... Oh, the Chinese Muslims. Exactly, the Chinese Muslims. And he made a joke about uh, the Chinese Muslims who were unjustly caught up by the U.S. government and and detained in uh, Guantanamo. Oh, I heard something about that. Yeah. And they've been... Their case has been pending for years. Yeah. Like, I remember hearing this five, six years ago, and it's still not resolved. They're still sitting somewhere being maybe tortured. We well, don't know. well, I mean, I, the Constitution itself is supposed to p- apply to the government blanketly. It's not supposed to be, okay, it, 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 you can use it here and not there. And I think whether the, the someone works for the federal or st- a state government is anywhere in the world, the restraints on the Constitution are supposed to apply to them. And uh, this particular, this is even more offensive because we're talking about, you know, people who live in this country uh, b- being snatched up. Uh, by the government. And if there's no due process, it could happen to you. It could happen to anybody. And who's going to stand up for you? Yeah. I mean, I personally, I, I like to not define myself by the place that I happen to be born, you know, because nobody has any control over where they're born or what, you know, who they are. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I think it hits home a little bit more when people start to see American citizens, you know, being caught up in stuff like this. Yeah, and it, it shouldn't. But and it these does. are journalists who uh, these are journalists who uh, cover these issues, and um, you know, they cover them in ways that don't make the government look good. And I would say they have every right to be concerned because mm-hmm. you know the truth can be dangerous at times. And, you know, we have a, a president who campaigned on um, on whistleblower uh, whistleblower rights who and he continues <laughs> to try to prosecute. Uh, excuse me. He continues to prosecute uh, private 
Bradley Manning. I was just about it's, to bring up Bradley Manning because he's, yeah, a, you know, a lot of people in the government have essentially said, yep, yep, he's guilty. No need to do anything else. Including the president Wash himself. Hands. Yeah, exactly. So how could he possibly have a fair trial after something like that? He couldn't. It's called unlawful uh, command influence. And the, the commander in chief has just, you know, he's, he's ruled that uh, Bradley Manning is guilty. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at WeUseCoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at AU.SpendBitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. It's Stephanie with you tonight. And Bradley. And we're so glad you've joined us. 855-450-3733. That's the phone number where you can call and talk with us tonight. We'd love to hear from you about anything that's on your mind. As I mentioned before, we are filling in for Ian and Mark. They are at a talk radio convention, but they'll be back tomorrow night. So never fear you'll get more of their uh, wonderful voices when they come back. I also want to remind you that you can go to archives.freetalklive.com. That's the website where and uh, at the subdomain archives.freetalklive.com, you can find MP3 archives of the show going back to 2006. I mean, that's thousands of hours of content. I don't know anybody who could realistically listen to that unless maybe they have like a really boring job where all they have to do is just sit and watch or maybe, you know, military people sitting and <laughs> <laughs> listen to Free Talk Live. There you go. So um, archives.freetalklive.com. Of course, it's all there for free. So feel free to enjoy that and share. Um, and do you have a company that needs to try something different in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you also want to keep your clients. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's our website. And by the way, Jason Osborne is the, uh, I guess, owner of SACL CAI. And, you know, we know him. He's a friend of the show. We highly recommend that you do business with him. And, uh, all right, Brad. You know, I wanted to talk with you about something else related to the government. Is that pretty much it for the uh, defense, uh, the NDAA article? Yep, that's the that's the whole thing. Okay, yeah. I mean, call us, tell us what you think of it. But in the meantime, I wanted to bring this up as well. This is, um, well, maybe something that will evoke some ire from the audience. <laughs> Every time we talk about the TSA on the show, the phones light up with people who have abuse stories, basically. Stories about how they were treated by the TSA, things that they didn't like. And do you have any yourself, Brad? Have you experienced them lately? I I do have a uh, TSA story. Uh, Okay. Would you like me to tell it? Yeah, please. Go ahead. Well, uh, I was at uh, LAX uh, in Los Angeles, and I was flying back to uh, Boston, to Logan Airport, and I had a uh, firearm with me. And Uh I was going through, uh, it was a a, uh, secured case that um, had a a number lock on it, and the TSA officer asked me for the combination, and I, I told her that I couldn't give it to her because the uh, federal regulations say I can't give it to anybody. And um, we, 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 ha- we had a, a debate Pitting about it. one bureaucracy against another. Well, I mean, the, the own rules uh, mm-hmm. that, that regulate these things say you're not allowed to tell anyone the combi- combination. And I sure. tried, tried to inform her of that. And she told me I would have to drive home. So I gave her the, uh, the combination. And I, to me, that was just another example that, I mean, there are rules that people have no idea mm-hmm. exist. And... You know, it, oh, and all they care about is their own d- 
divisions rules or whatever right. they 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 want the authority they want the power i mean we just read an article a little while ago about a former priest who got defrocked uh you know excommunicated from the church I, actually i don't know if excommunicated is a technical term i don't know if that's exactly what happened to him but he was removed from the church because Fired. of because of sex abuse because yeah. he had abused uh little girls and uh, heartbreaking story but guess where he ended up working the tsa yeah how'd you know just a guess (laughs) yeah i mean it's not funny i shouldn't laugh at something like that i'm just laughing because it's ridiculous and uncomfortable you know it's the to think of the people who would be attracted to jobs where they can touch people all day in their most intimate parts you know uh, i always just wonder what parents who teach their children that hey it's not okay to let strangers touch you in a way that you don't want to be touched um what do they do when they're going through the airport well, I, I think sadly a, lo- a lot of people are so um, used to this sort of uh, like, you know, being put in line and uh, raise your hand, you know, stand there, you know, mm-hmm. mentality that uh, a lot of people don't even notice that uh, what what is happening is it's just basically getting people used to uh, getting used to treated doing, like cattle, treated livestock. like cattle. I mean, yeah. the, the way the <laughs> I hate to use that analogy because it seems a little bit, I don't know, hyperbolic, but you know, really, your individuality is not being recognized. You're not being treated humanely, even, you know. Well, I th- I think the airlines themselves should be the ones to make whatever regulations about security um, should should exist. I mean, the, the fact... And when they did, it wasn't nearly anything like it is today. No, absolutely not. I, I, you're but, old enough you can remember that, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm 31. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm feel, 28. I so. feel a lot older, though. <laughs> I feel a lot older. Uh, Dr. Ron Mature, Paul... wise. D- Dr. Ron Paul, uh, I believe, says it best that... Uh, if the Second Amendment was respected, um, airlines themselves would have the ability to uh, decide, uh, you know, whether or not people could fly armed. Sure. I mean, on any given aircraft, there could be probably ten cops that are flying armed. And mm-hmm. if you if you read uh, if you read news stories about it, I mean, there's countless examples of. Uh, you know, uh, federal officers leaving firearms in the sterile area of airports and in the lavatories of planes, uh, you know, actual federal wow. air marshals leaving uh, their guns in the lavatories of planes. So, I mean, you know, Oops. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a wonder something hasn't happened. I mean, if we believe all the scary stuff that they tell us, there's a terrorist lurking around every corner. So, well, I definitely think there are terrorists in the world. I just don't mm-hmm. think they lurk behind every corner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the airlines have gotten massive government subsidies and bailouts. You know, they're not as good as they could be. I don't understand why there's not Wi-Fi on every plane. You know, there there are on a few, but not all of them. Although the United States does have certainly uh, several air carriers. I mean, it's it's. It does look more and more like Aeroflot, you know, the the Soviet airline. <laughs> yeah, the one. The one. The one airline. Right. <laughs> you, you have one choice. One choice. <laughs> one choice. What are you going to choose? <laughs> so, Brad, the TSA wants to double uh, their security fees, their, and their so-called security fees, because if they called it a, what, gate rape fee, or if they called it what it really is, a tax or a, uh, you know, they, they have to name it as a security fee so that people maybe feel better about paying it, but they want to double them anyway. This is from RT.com. Funny how they uh, report a lot on, on critical things about the U.S. government. Um, I like that. So it looks like the TSA finally caught on to how much in- Americans enjoy having their genitals fondled. The U.S. Transportation and Security Administration, this is from the article, of course, wants to start charging airline passengers double on screening fees. A proposal to double the security fee on flights originating originating in the United States has been given the go-ahead by the Democrat-controlled Senate and 
pending full congressional approval, could soon be coming to an airport near you. If the hike is authorized, the security fee on a round-trip airline ticket will double from $5 to $10. Now, I mean, okay, that's not that much. An extra five bucks, but... So wait a second. Mm -hmm. Not only are you molested... Yep. Under the guise Touched. of under the guise of federal authority, but mm-hmm. you are now going to pay twice as much for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the offensive thing, you know. You could you could say it's only 5 bucks, it's only 10 bucks, but they they have an unlimited stream of tax money. What do they need to put these fees on people for? Well, the government is the only organization that gets more money when it doesn't do a good job and the uh yeah. the TSA's red team, I mean, I've read some of the uh some of the reviews and I mean, they continuously are able to get guns, bombs and uh, bomb parts and firearms past the TSA security checkpoints. So Yeah, there was recently a sort of high-profile story that came out. Actually, it was several TSA workers, not just one. one. There was one at first, but then several more came out, that they had found some really inexpensive and easy way to just foil the body scanners. So... <laughs> All those billions of dollars they spent installing these at every airport, hurting you through the lines, useless. Well, when uh, this the same time that that I had this firearm and I was flying back to New Hampshire, they just got these uh, the uh, air machines at the airports, and I actually asked if I could go through it. Mm-hmm. And because I asked if I could, like I got super super screened. Uh, like I just wanted to go through the thing that blows air on me to see if to see if I'm carrying a bomb, uh-huh. you know, like just to see what it was like. But I, I was there for like 25 minutes uh, getting examined. Wow. And what did they do when they examined you? Radio friendly terms. Oh, they uh, they thoroughly make sure you're safe to fly. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you that the offense in this whole fee thing comes from the idea that you're. You know, you're paying on top of the tax money that you're already paying, you're paying extra and now even more extra because they're doubling the fees to be non-consensually touched. You know, I, And as someone who's interested in, in gender issues and, and this kind of thing, this really irks me. The, the idea is that nobody should be able to touch you if you don't want to be touched. And well, that is never OK. It, but somehow when the TSA comes in, that's negated. And let's not forget that the TSA is justified based on, you know, the terrorism threat that comes from U.S.'s foreign policy. Exactly. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. We've got more about the TSA coming up. Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 Tunes. With C Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, lrn.fm, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C Crane company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at ccrane.com, ccrane.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. It's Stephanie with you. And Bradley. And you are listening to the live Thursday night edition. Of course, we're filling in for Mark and Ian. You may not be used to hearing our voices because, well, we've never done a show together. Our voices in unison as one. Yes, they blend well, Brad. It's going well so far. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to call us tonight, the number is 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. You know, we've gotten a lot of show prep off of the Free Talk Live website, which is really cool. If you're not familiar with it, you should check it out at freetalklive.com. Right there on the front page of the website, you'll see a bunch of news stories 
stories, uh, some statistics about which ones are sort of trending and peaking. And uh, that's because Free Talk Live's website allows you to submit news stories and vote them up or down based on whether you like or dislike them. And the most voted up ones will get up to the top and probably come to a lot of people's attention, maybe even the host's attention, and maybe they'll be discussed on on the show. And, you know, it's a probably a, a better place to share, you know, a, a more, uh, I don't know, makes the stories more accessible. You know, uh, maybe your blog doesn't have quite the following, but Free Talk Live is one of the most popular libertarian websites out there. So it's a great place to get your opinion out. And Brad, I found this story on the front page of Free Talk Live uh, yesterday, I believe. And it's from the Huffington Post, but I want to discuss it with you. I actually have a number of stories that sort of go with this theme tonight of discrimination and bias, and maybe we'll get your take on it. The headline is, The highest number of anti-gay murders ever reported was in 2011. The National Coalition of Anti-Violence Programs um, is who reported this, I guess. More murders, says the article, motivated by anti-gay bias occurred last year than any year since the National Coalition of Anti-Violence Programs began collecting data in 1998, the National Advocacy Organization reported this week. In 2011, 30 fatally violent hate crimes were committed against lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender victims, three more than the previous year's total. Uh, so it only increased by three. That could be noise or static, but I mean, still, it's three people's lives, and that's not cool with me. Uh, at the same time, overall reports of anti-gay hate violence were down last year. So maybe, again, statistical noise. But the authors of the report don't think the drop in reports of violence actually reflects a drop in violence. Probably just the reporting, right? Because sometimes uh, police departments, they'll actually encourage people not to report these things, or they won't take their reports, or they'll uh, you know, just not take people seriously, um, and because they want to, you know, they want to have good numbers. Well, um, my biggest problem with uh, this particular issue is the issue of a hate crime. And okay. um, th- this is the first thing that comes to mind. I-, I have a real problem with the government criminalizing someone's thoughts. You know, well, clearly it hasn't worked, right? Yeah, I mean, ha- clearly it hasn't stopped violence against gay people, or maybe racially motivated violence, or sexual violence or anything like that? Well, I mean, if passing laws solved, you know, was, was actually <laughs> yeah. effective at solving of social problems, uh, maybe we could pass a law that there can't be car accidents and the roads will be safer. But mm-hmm. um, as, as far, I mean, I sort of question whether or not, you know, the data, because do they have evidence that supports that, you know, these uh, these people were victimized directly because of their status of being GLBT or? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I suppose we couldn't really know unless we went into all the files and looked at the reports. However, I have heard many horrifying stories with direct evidence of especially violence against trans women, you know, like people who are transgendered and maybe the cop is attracted to them or something. There was, for instance, a drunk cop who was driving his cruiser around completely smashed, brandishing a weapon at a car full of transgendered women. So they were male to female um, transsexuals. And apparently he had seen them in the parking lot of a CVS before and had wanted to hit on one of them, had thought, that it was a woman or maybe not. I don't know. But, you know, he he wanted to I don't know. He wanted to get to know this person. Then he realized it was um, a trans woman and then he became violent. And I think there is something that maybe I don't know. Cops have something about being hyper masculine. They want to really fit into these gender stereotypes of men as like a protector provider and something about gay transgendered people um, kind of freaks them out. I think. What, look at Derek J and the way he's treated by police. I mean, he's a co-host of the show. He's now sitting in jail because of this. Well, I, I, 
I, I would I would challenge you uh, if if you're trying to say that he's sitting in jail because he's gay. I would I would challenge no, you. No, no, that wasn't what I was saying. I'm just saying it seems like he gets a little bit harsher treatment and different treatment than well, other people I, who I are mean, doing I, the same things. I I don't know anyone else who, uh, in Keene who's caused a police pursuit. So I mean, I can't say that uh, that. Okay, or, fair ex- enough. Ex- but- excuse me, no one else associated with sort of the Free State Project or the Libertarian community. I don't know anyone else who has caused a police pursuit. So, I mean, I How think- about being pepper sprayed while in handcuffs? I mean, that was clearly a punishment thing. Well, I am I, someone who's pepper sprayed somebody who was in handcuffs and it was done oh. to control them because they were being violent. You know, I mean, so... How violent can they be if they're handcuffed? I'm just I'm just curious. People, I just want can, to know. People can be very violent. They can hurt themselves. I you know, I've had people kick out the back. So you should hurt them to prevent them from hurting themselves. It's it, it's it depends on context and situation. Um I, you know, I'm I'm a former pepper spray instructor and and I firmly believe it's a, it's an appropriate police tool and I also believe the taser is an appropriate police tool. You know, whether we're talking about public or private police, um it's the use of them is a, a police administration issue and you know a lot of examples that I've seen especially on this show uh speaking about uh you know situations where the taser was misused um it, it's it, it shouldn't be taken out on taser because you know I've personally used the taser in situations. Well, the individual who holds it is responsible for their own actions. Exactly, of and there, there needs to be more accountability when people do things that are wrong, and not just take you know, not blanketly just say, "Oh, these things," you know, like pepper spray, you know, because Derek was pepper sprayed in handcuffs. Maybe it was wrong for the police to do that, but I can tell you that there are situations where it's not wrong. So, you know, I'm very critical and very like, "Well, what exactly happened?" Yeah, I, and I hear your skepticism. I'm just. I'm trying to understand it. I have never been a cop, so yeah. I, I'd like to know, you know, more from your perspective. But I do see a lot of abuses of tasers for sure. Oh, absolutely, and and, and of course there are abuses of guns too. Absolutely. You know? I mean, I'd rather someone be tasered and not die, but it's not the choice between that. It's not the choice between shooting them and and tasing them, right? I think the real problem is just the sort of like upswell in violence among uh, the way that police treat people and the the. Yeah, the police definitely willingness need, to use weapons of any kind. Law enforcement, uh, you know, my my biggest criticism of law enforcement is it's law enforcement's use of violence, uh, uh, otherwise referred to as physical force to enforce morality. And you know, mm-hmm. if if the police if would the, being gay fall under that? Uh, again, I mean, it, you, to suggest that Derek, in Saudi Arabia it does for sure. Yes, I mean, but <laughs> this is not Saudi Arabia. No, it's it's not. But at the same time, like there are. This does go on in the world. I mean, you I, don't experience it because you're straight, right? And you're a man. Yes, but you know, <laughs> again, I was a police and officer. You're white. I was a police officer for 11 years and I've never seen another police officer intentionally discriminate someone because they were gay. But didn't you get like insults from the other police officers calling you homo man and like when you <laughs> when you came out for ending drug prohibition? Well, I mean, that's I mean, that's a different They use that as an insult, so clearly they think they don't think highly of gay people. Or at least they don't think highly of gay people who want to be police. Well, I mean, I personally know quite a few gay police officers that are that are uh, you know really good law enforcement officers. Uh, again, I mean, what whatever personal insults were thrown at me in the past, I mean, I I can't that that's not it's not sufficient enough in my mind to say that Derek Jay's in jail because he's gay. I mean, I think Derek- I didn't say that. I'm just saying. Do you think? Do you think there was any different treatment of him than maybe a straight person would have been treated? As as someone who's just been watching sort of what's been happening out here, uh, no. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Derek uh, 
he didn't hurt anybody. So technically, you know, when he says he went out on a victimless crime spree, that's technically true. But I think he used incredibly bad judgment. And I think he got in way over his head. And um, I think he did the right thing by taking a plea deal because I I calculated it out. And I think he could have faced 27 years in jail based on everything that he did. And I I don't want to see him in jail either. I just Derek's a great guy. he's He's a super nice guy. But I just I just I, I'm very skeptical to think that any of his treatment was because he was gay. Because he did say one time they they called in a female police officer to arrest him, like ostensibly what because the males didn't want to touch him or something. Female po- female police officers are uh, largely much more effective at uh, you know being calming or talking to people and getting people or just just you know I mean you're a very calming person Stephanie if you were uh, if you were a policewoman I think you would if be, I was a man I I'd be calming too I mean right but but <laughs> but you were just talking about earlier how like you know masculinity is like you know a big thing in law enforcement and mm-hmm. um, do you agree with that by the way oh absolutely okay absolutely mm-hmm. yeah totally you know and yeah uh, so it's not out of this world to think that maybe when people perceive their masculinity being threatened or encroached upon i don't know oh, they I'm, might get a little bit more angry or more prone to violence do you think that's yeah that could be true sure absolutely yeah i don't know i mean the whole idea of hate crimes i agree with you that it's a thought crime um have you ever heard the arguments from the other side that that say stuff like well a hate crime or a crime against somebody because they're uh you know some certain race or because they're of their orientation or their gender or whatever is really a threat to all individuals of that uh persuasion or of that race or whatever, um, because it is motivated by hatred for that group. And so therefore, if you're in that group, you're a target. I just think all crimes should be treated equally. I mean. Hmm. Okay. Um, so I'd like to talk more about this. I do have more show prep on this topic as well. It's Free Talk Live and Hour 2 is coming up. We'd love to hear from you at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on meme.com. It's Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Stephanie with you tonight. And Bradley. We're glad to have you joining us on Free Talk Live. Our number is 855-450-FREE. We would love to hear from you about anything that's on your mind as we launch into the second hour of tonight's show. One more time, 855-450-FREE is our number. We've been talking about all kinds of things, Brad, like the TSA and the NDAA, all kinds of alphabet soup, and even LGBT, because uh, the subject of hate crimes came up uh, just in the last segment. But, you know, on Free Talk Live, uh, we like to hear from our listeners, so let's go straight to the phones. Crichton in Louisville wants to talk with us. Crichton, are you there? How are you guys tonight? Hey, good evening. Wonderful. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I wanted to call in last night. And so I want to revisit what I intended to call in last night about because it's not entirely off base. Okay, sure last thing. Night, last night on the uh, All X Chromosome Show, uh, you guys uh, approached the subject of inappropriate contact among the uh, libertarian 
massive. Uh, okay, so uh, let me um, refresh my memory about what we were discussing last night. Uh, the show had myself and Julia and Nemi, and all of us are co-hosts of this program. So we got together for a special show, and we kind of talked a little bit about the idea that there, you know, there's a there's a festival called the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I don't know if you've heard of this, Brad. I, I know you have. You're getting married there in <laughs> yes. a couple of weeks, but I've been there a bunch of times, and it is absolutely. Awesome. Yes, me too. I, it's I love Pork Fest. It's my probably my favorite week of the year. But uh, there is this idea that you know there could be kind of a pall cast over the event because in the past there has been inc- there have been incidents of people um, touching one another in an unwanted way, like groping. I'm talking about. So, Crichton, is that what you were referring to? Yes, exactly. What I'm referring to. Okay. Um, and the reason I, I wanted to call in is. Not 20 minutes before that show came on, I was reading a new book that is con- concerns um, common law, the history of common law. Okay. And how it's uh, a bit of a primer. And I was reading about the Franks uh, in the 5th century A.D. Okay. And they had, they had a system that was in, of where the, in their constitution, I guess you could call it their constitution, their founding document, they had a, a statement that the, the purpose of the judicial system is to uh, primarily reconstitute the victim. In other words... You mean restitute? Uh, restitution. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and this is and France, th- you said? This is, no, no, not France. The Franks. Oh, the Franks. Okay, so where would that have been? I, I'm not very good at history and geography, unfortunately. Uh, it, ge- geographically, it would be difficult to explain. It would be okay. in the same general area as France, but gotcha. they weren't the same country. Okay. Um, and what strikes, what struck me as as significant, is that in their in those documents concerning justice, is that uh, unlike our country, uh, the the administration of the country split restitution fifty fifty, but they also had a list of of amounts, minimums, for um, things that were offensive. So when you say that they split the restitution 50-50, let me just see if I understand this right. So if somebody was found to be a victim of a crime, um, the the state would pay half of the restitution and the perpetrator would pay half? Is that how it worked? No. Okay. Can you explain Uh, that? if, If a perpetrator was found guilty, he was responsible for a defined fine that was already statutorily defined. Okay. And that half of it, the first half would go to the victim, and if there was any more, the second half would go to the government. Ah, I see. Wow. Well, I mean, that kind of happens today in that, well, depending on what type of crime someone is charged with, if they're... Yeah, instead of half the victim gets zero. (laughs) Well, the the state, any crime that's committed is committed against the state, the peace and dignity of the state. And um, so if you're assaulted, it's not you who's the victim, it's technically the state. And... Unbelievable um, violation of self-ownership. Well, I mean, that's Natural just, a, rights. it's the nature of the way the system works though. I mean, it's, I know I just, I just comment on it. And when I hear stuff like that, it's just, <laughs> wow, it really stands out to me. Right. Right. So, but anyway, I mean the, the fact that you, um, were able to, uh, to identify that is, uh, is pretty important. So yeah, Crichton, well, what were some of the, you started to mention the mandatory minimum fines. Yeah, that's where I'm going with this is the mandatory okay. minimums that were what were interesting. And then they, they, 
think about this in the context of of libertarian society and in the, previously where you're discussing the TSA uh, events. Philip, how do you okay things that should be should cannot be mentioned on the radio event those kind of events. Um, the Franks, for example, had um, required that the that the that the perpetrator the the fine would be paid in gold, and in today's amount, such examples were to touch a, a woman's uh, skin on a part of their body that was normally exposed to the public, like their face or their hand. Okay. The fine would, would be forty thousand dollars without wow. her permission. To touch their hand or their face. Wow. That seems pretty steep. Their hand or their face without their permission. It doesn't seem uh, very to touch commensurate. Her breast, uh-huh. To touch her breast without her permission would be $95,000. Wow. If you were to hmm. kill an adult male, it would be a half a million dollars. But if you were to kill his pregnant wife, it would be just shy of $2 million. Wow. This, so, this sounds so relatively it's, it's, rife it's for abuse. Example, and it sounds sexist too. I yeah. mean, like what they place lower value on a man's life than a woman and a woman who's pregnant. Well, it's entirely different than what what we would imagine that history was. We uh, we grew, mm. grew up in regular school believing that it's a man's world, and in well, in I reality, don't I don't know because some some of these things that you were mentioning, Crichton. Um, it seems to place a high value on like the chastity of a woman, right? Like the idea that she should be completely untouched and just, uh, I don't know, placed upon a pedestal. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is kind of different than, than maybe I would expect. Sure. But my point is, is that what if we were still under common law like this? Mm. Well, these events at the TSA or at the, uh, that have been described at the, um, uh, the pork fest couldn't occur because these people don't have permission. We, 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 in our modern world, we have this assumption, this, this, uh, assumption that, that the, the other people have liberty to touch you, but we forget that liberty, my, my liberty ends at your nose. So your space is your own. And if I violate your, if I were to touch you without your permission, I've just violated yours. Well, sir, sure. what, sir, what you're saying is, I mean, what you're saying, uh, I can't say I disagree with it, but the fact is, I mean, we live in reality, and the reality is that, uh, I mean, you can't sue TSA agents for touching you. Uh, if you think you can, I would suggest you Google uh, the Westfall Act, W-E-S-T-F-A-L-L, and it's, it's the federal law that basically says that it, you can't go after federal officials for doing their job. So, you know, I agree that... Um, this is from the Bradopedia. This is law. the Bradopedia. dot com. Um, but I mean, well, I'm not. Su- I'm not suggesting. Suggesting that uh, I'm not unaware of reality. I'm, I'm suggesting that uh, highlighting how far we've come. We 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 yeah. talk about yesterday. We as a libertarian group favor liberty, but we forget the other half of that equation. Is that we have to self regulate as well, and that's what we're lacking. That. And and because we don't, we have as a society completely forgotten about both liberty and self-regulation. Oh, I see the point you're like making. TSA can occur; otherwise, they wouldn't have occurred at all. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's. It, I hate to say, it, does it? Are you sort of making the argument of like eternal vigilance is the price of liberty? Like people allowed the TSA to happen. Yes, 
we we do we we get exactly the government we deserve. Uh, see, I, I disagree with that. I don't think I deserve to have uh, that kind of government, and it's so costly and so annoying to I mean, keep up with it. No, I, I have to I agree with you, the caller. Uh, Crichton, thank you for the call tonight. This is Free Talk Live. What do you think? Does, do we get the government we deserve? Poppycock, in my opinion. <laughs> it's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. There's more coming up. Do you ever have connectivity problems due to poor Wi-Fi reception? I have an amazing solution for you. C-Crane's Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. It can provide connectivity for up to a mile. We're using it at my house, and I can't describe it as anything but stunning. This antenna will change your life. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are the best. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get your Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna at C-Crane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. It's Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. This is Stephanie. And Bradley. And uh, you're listening to the live Thursday night edition. We thank you for joining us this evening. Want to remind you about listen.freetalklive.com. That's the website that has all the ways that you can get the show, Free Talk Live, into your ears, including the live streams, radio affiliates, the satellite, the webcam, and the listen lines. And uh, Brad, why don't you wave to the webcam? We're, we're on camera right now. If you want a shortcut to that, by the way, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com. If you want to watch us doing the show live, it sort of turns into a interactive TV program as well as a uh, radio show. And uh, we mentioned this in the last segment, Brad, but the Porcupine Freedom Festival is coming right up. It is going to be awesome. Yes. You're getting married. I'm doing all kinds of other things. <laughs> yes. Uh, my friend Jordan Page is coming uh, uh-huh. to play. A lot of people know him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is a week-long camping event. It's up in the woods, Lancaster, New Hampshire, at Rogers Campground. We're so excited about it. There's just so much stuff going on. We really can't even mention all of it. But, you know, there's going to be dancing, uh, kid-friendly activities, movies, radio shows. Free Talk Live will be there every single night of the week broadcasting live from the campground. Is there some sort of gay dance party this year? It is. It's bigger and, and gayer. A bigger and gayer than before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it sounds very happy. I am really excited about that. Um, so anyway, if you want to find out more info, there's still time to get registered at uh, happyporcupine.info. That's happyporcupine.info for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And the dates for that, I don't think I mentioned, are June 18th to the 24th. I'm actually going up on the 17th to set up the Free Talk Live uh, mobile studio. We'll do a show with Mark there. And uh, also going to do, be doing some sort of like volunteer first aid activities up at the campground as well. So it should be a blast. I hope to see you there. You know, if you've never met us at Free Talk Live, feel welcome to stop by the media room and say hello because we love to meet our listeners. Okay, Brad, let's go right back to the phones. I had some questions I wanted to follow up on from the last segment, but first let's take this call from Matt in New Hampshire. Matt, are you with us? How are you doing tonight? Hey, Matt. Wonderful. What's on your mind? Uh, Not too much. I just wanted to preface this call by saying that you are not your physical body. You are not your physical body. Uh, Okay. Certainly. So you mean, are you talking about consciousness and how it's really important to define a person? Absolutely. Okay. And I'm I'm a firm believer that the universe is entirely made up of different forms of energy and that there's actually nothing solid about it whatsoever. 
So nothing is real. We're not really talking to each other right now. Free Talk Live doesn't really start at 7 o'clock. And this language we're speaking, uh, words don't have any meaning. We're in the matrix. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And, And the reason is because it's all about perspective. And that's the beauty of it. So, Matt, uh, I I have I can't let that go. I I have to disagree with you. You know, I think that there are certain things that are true, and you can know that they're true. And at least you know you you could make the brain in the jar argument like that we're essentially in the matrix and we're kind of hallucinating it all. But at least people act as though there are certain facets of reality that that are true, right? Sure. Can you name one? Um, time taxes. <laughs> Well, time, I would time is actually is actually a measurement of relative motion. So yeah, we're all experiencing time. Mm-hmm. And gravity, and what about that? Right, right. Those are all real things, and they can be explained. Okay, and yeah, I mean, so but you said a moment ago that nothing is really solid, and it's all sort of mushy. I don't quite understand. Can you explain why those well, things are real? If you think about it in terms of Picture an atom. An atom is nearly, it's over 98% empty, right? Well, at any, like if you were to freeze time in, in one specific moment, but an atom is sort of like a, it's sort of like a cloud or, a, you know, areas of space where the, there's an electron that's orbiting a nucleus made up of protons and maybe neutrons. And um, there's a probability that wow. the electron will be in any given place within that sphere at any given moment. And you can't so know where it is. And... Okay. <laughs> too, so, too technical so now, there. An atom is exactly, exactly as you said, it's a probability, right? So instead of being something solid, it's more of energy, right? Okay. Uh, a wave so, and a particle, so sure. It, I mean, atoms have properties. Let's go below atoms now. Okay. What's next? Um, are you a nihilist? <laughs> there are particles that make up um, uh, electrons, mm-hmm. protons, and neutrons, right? Right. Yep. But this all relates, and, I, and it comes back to another topic, but I want to make sure that... Can I ask a quick question, Matt? Have you been under the influence tonight? <laughs> possibility can you can okay. you drop those ice cubes that ian does do you know the ice cube button oh yeah, yeah the whiskey the pouring yeah. whiskey i'll find it <laughs> no i'm kidding I matt but you know i i notice that people tend to bring up these subjects the nature of reality um sort of maybe spiritual beliefs when they're intoxicated <laughs> just well, wondering. i really think they're very important when it comes to all other aspects of life yeah, because I agree too. Because if nothing's really real, then it doesn't matter what you do. It you don't have to try to. You have to have a drive, but I don't want to get off off topic. Okay, uh, go ahead, please. Are you familiar with Mandelbrot sets and in, in fractal geometry? In uh, I've heard of it, but please remind our audience what it is. Okay, so basically, what it is, it's a a, re, a pattern that repeats itself, no matter how many times you magnify it, or no matter how many times you. Be magnified or zoom out. Okay, it's the same pattern over and over again. Okay, and and in my personal perspective, that is actually what our reality is, and in, and it makes it truly infinite, which is the beauty of it. So, as most people may think that you know there was a beginning or an end, that's just something that we attribute to things. You know, it's a human aspect. Uh, far out, man. <laughs> man. Brad, do you have any comments? Um, yes. I, I want to talk about the male-female thing. Well, uh, s- sir, are well, you... An, let are, Brad respond first. Are you a nihilist? Say again? Are you a nihilist? 
And what is a nihilist? It's someone believes that nothing is really, nothing no, is Nothing anything. is as it seems. Mm. Uh, I suppose, but I, I don't like to put, you know, words on myself. Fair, okay. fair. Yeah, fair enough. So what, what did you want to say about the uh, gender issue? I want to say, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, because I absolutely love you, Steph. just want to say that. Thank you. Um, we will never be equal, and here's why. Picture a yin-yang. You are like 100% better at half of the stuff that I'm 100% better at on the other side of the spectrum. That make sense? Yeah, I, I so understand we're, that people we're, have we're different... Equal, but it's more like we're opposite. Well, You're I understand, equal. Matt, that we're people... That side. Hold on a minute. I understand that the idea that people have different skills and talents, and there's I have no beef with that at all, but... You know, I think people should be treated equally. Do you agree? I absolutely agree with you. I do. Okay, then we're the we're problem. we're in agreement. And you know as well as I do that the problem is somebody telling me and you how we can act towards each other. I have a question. Okay. I have sure. a question for you. you uh, I have a question for you. Would you consider yourself metaphysically wrinkle-free? Is that like a dryer um, sheet? <laughs> do you have a metaphysical no, dryer no. sheet? <laughs> I don't know. What is it? I what does that mean, Brad? What's it, what are you what are you referring to when you say wrinkle free? Well, I think Brad may be trying to ask me if I feel like I have an empty. He may be trying to troll you. And Matt, <laughs> thank you for the call tonight. Uh, that was an interesting discussion, Brad. Don't you think? <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> we'll follow up more on that in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. Eight five five four fifty free is our number. Eight five five. Four five zero three seven three three. More on the way. Uh, maybe we'll get back into the hate crimes. It's Free mm. Talk Live. Hey, this is Mandrake. And this is Jay. And we're getting ready for Porkfest 2012. Porkfest is the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. And this year's Porkfest will be the best yet. Why is that, Mandrick? Because of all the great speakers that'll be there? Or maybe the family fun events? Perhaps you're excited about Flaming Freedom's Big Gay Dance Party? Actually, I had no idea any of that goes on. You had no idea because you and I spend all our time running the George's Famous Baklava Food Stand. And that's why I'm so excited. Every year we get to meet so many great people who stop by for food and jokes, some of which are a little dirty. Yeah, about the dirty jokes, we should try Try not to offend so many people this year. It was one person, and I thought her wooden leg was for the pirate party. Oh, and don't forget all those times you walked away for five minutes only to return two hours later. I kept getting mauled by all my fans. You fell asleep on a picnic table. Oh, right. Hey, you want to wrap this up? Go to porkfest.com and register today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. <laughs> Rock out. It's Free Talk Live. Coming back to you. Stephanie uh, here this evening. And Bradley. And we're glad to have you with us. You can call us at 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. We'd love to hear your thoughts on anything we've been discussing. Anything from the nature of reality, like our last caller wanted to bring up, to non-consensual touching, like the kind that the TSA does, or even hate crimes, which I think we're going to get back into, Brad, as we uh, we had a, a round of callers, which is great, but uh, we kind of got uh, interrupted in the middle of uh, d- an interesting discussion as well. But it's Free Talk Live, of course. You can bring up anything that's on your mind. 855-450-FREE. One more time is the number. And I do want to remind you that when it be- when it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. 
And uh, Brad, can you attest to that? Do you think that's true? Yeah, but the only thing that concerns me about this is that, you know, there are still some states that believe they have the right to prosecute you if you if you film a public official performing a public act. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, you're referring to the Freedom Cam, yes. freedomcam.net, which is a little camera that goes in your car and records everything that's going on. It's got uh, basically a GPS black box and dash cam. It's a it's a video camera recording all around and inside your vehicle. It's got a built-in microphone and uh, GPS navigation, uh, records your driving route and speed. So for traffic stops and all other driving incidents, you can protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. Go there to find out more. But so, Brad, you you have a concern that this might be considered wiretapping in some places like Illinois or... Uh, <laughs> well, actually, Illinois' law just got thrown out by, oh, the, well, that's great to hear. by the Seventh Judicial Circuit, yes. Brad Cyclopedia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bradipedia. I, I do that from time to time. <laughs> Wikibradia. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're recording everything that goes on in the car and you're recording yourself mostly, and then somebody steps into the field of view... Is that really the same as wiretapping? Or well, I mean, it, would that the, have to go to court? The term wiretapping is just silly because you're not okay. out, you're not yes, in a bucket. Tr- you're, it's not like you're in a bucket truck, like up on a telephone line, you know, like tapping into someone's phone line. It's you're recording government employees performing government functions. But like one of the big questions that has been left unanswered is whether or not you can constitutionally, you know, record the police surreptitiously. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's not answered yet. And I wouldn't want to be the test case. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the court of uh, ethics or whatever, I think it's there's no problem. You know? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Especially absolutely not. if you're not doing it for fraudulent purposes. Right. I think a lot of those laws were started because of fraud, like yeah. that people would, you know, unwittingly be recorded and Watergate. Some, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if that was the impetus. But, you know, Brad, we were talking about this article a little bit earlier tonight uh, about the record year of anti-gay um, biased murders and the concept of hate crimes. And I had asked you a question that didn't really get to uh, completely get your thoughts on. So I want to ask you again, um, have you ever heard the argument that a hate crime, so-called like a, a racially motivated or sexually or, or uh, LGBT, you know, motivated by LGBT hatred, um, homophobic, of course, I could have said that more succinctly. Anyway, a, a crime where, where there's bias against a, a group of people and the victim is a member of that group. Do you think that, that that constitutes sort of a threat to all people that are in that group and um, treating it as a hate crime is sort of addressing that issue of having that threat? Well, I mean, I think a person who preys on other people is a threat no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is like the slippery slope. You know, if you criminalize what people think or their, you know, their particular opinion on something, um, where does it end? Because I mean, I could give you 18,000 examples right now of how, you know, the government has started to use these particular arguments to justify, uh, you know, ver- various victimless crime policies that exist today. Sure. So, I mean, I think if someone hurts somebody else, they should be held accountable. But I, I don't think what you know, maybe flowing around to the neurons in their head should, you know, should really be all that relevant. The fact that they hurt yeah. somebody is what uh, I think should be the bottom line. And I, I actually agree with you. I mean, I know I'm known sort of on the show as a little, little more to the left, but I, I really do agree <laughs> with you on that. It's if somebody hurts somebody else, it's a violation of the non-aggression principle. Absolutely. It's the crime has a victim and, and that's what's important. And what I care about is that the victim or their, maybe their family be, be restituted, be attempted to be, made whole, you know, but unfortunately the focus of our justice system now doesn't really do that. What I've always wondered is, is it a hate crime that the police in New York City 
basically target um, racial minorities, especially black and Hispanic men. And, and, you know, like they have these laws about marijuana, like displaying it in public. And they'll kind of like stop someone and say, oh, you need to turn out your pockets. Right. And so then it's not illegal to possess marijuana. But then when you display it, it is illegal. I, I saw a really funny tweet uh, from former U.S. Senator uh, Fred Thompson today. He uh, he was the actor. He's an actor. He played in Law and Order and he was oh, right. the hunt for yeah, October. To forget about him. And his tweet was actually about New York City, about how uh, the uh, marijuana is going to be decriminalized. But, you know, eating but soda is going to be exactly. criminalized. So, so, yeah. so uh, Senator Thompson said that, oh, okay, so, you know, possession and use of marijuana will be legal, but, you know, the food you eat afterwards as a result of having an enhanced appetite uh, is going to be criminal. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's just so, it's just so silly. Uh, the, oh, that these... soda law is so ridiculous. Yeah. So it, for listeners who aren't familiar, you, you can find it if you go into the news headlines of this week. B- Mayor Bloomberg wants to put this policy in place about soda and he wants there to be no way that you can get a soda that's more than 16 ounces and is not diet except it i think it doesn't include convenience stores so curiously it'll affect movie theaters restaurants uh bars but not convenience stores what happens if you buy two well that's what people will do uh, it's like i've <laughs> it's always wondered what so happens simple. what happens if you if you well then they can tax each drink right? what happens if you go through the tsa checkpoint with like you know two things of hair conditioner but you know someone else has hair conditioner and you mix them together and then you just condition everyone's hair on the plane and everyone looks really good <laughs> afterwards you know i mean that would be a crime of fashion right yes um, <laughs> yeah i've wondered about that too brad and what they say is that it's not um, what's actually in the bottles, but what could be in the bottles, like that it it could be an explosive, but if you had less than 3.5, however many ounces, I don't even know, uh, it's been a while since I've flown, uh, that it couldn't do as much damage. But I don't know. I mean, it's incredibly arbitrary. There are easy ways around all of these things if you're a, a person who has malintent. And, you know, I, I don't feel like that those things are keeping me safe, personally. There, there, I just read an article recently about someone who was able to go right out on the tarmac of, uh, you know, a major international airport without any any type of, uh, you know, any type of oh, wow. restriction. It just somehow... Uh, was the person... In their right mind, or what was the well, reason I, that they went out? I, I wouldn't. Cons- on the tarmac. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think someone doing that is in their right mind because it's not a good idea. But <laughs> no, uh, it doesn't seem very safe but for just, anybody. Just the fact that it could happen, you know, reflects rather dimly on you know the the whole security theater that happens at the nation's airports. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, okay, what about this idea? One more thing that I had written down that I wanted to come back to. Oh, being, being very diligent tonight. Um, Crichton had called in and talking about the government, you get the government you deserve. And you said you agree with that? I do. Uh, so why is it incumbent upon everybody to sort of fend off the encroachments of government when we already have our, our work lives and our personal lives and there's so much stuff to do? Why, why, is, uh, why, are, why is the onus on us to be watchful over the state and try to stop it? When it's really difficult to even make any change in the political system. Okay, so so what I said, maybe I should uh, maybe I should uh, refine it a little bit more. I, I think that I've seen I, I see examples from time to time from people of libertarian ideology where uh, where there is something that happens that that you know there is. Uh, what could be construed as a crime with a victim and um, nobody is held accountable. And, you know, the the whole rationalization for having a state or a government is that, um, you know, there is the quote unquote rule of law, which obviously, um, you know, we know is not evenly enforced 
And that's <laughs> yeah, why... <it's> generous. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's why, you know, one thing I've learned, that's why people uh, become disillusioned with the government, because they just see so much hypocrisy, glaring hypocrisy, and, uh, you know, the government itself not following the rules that it was founded on. So people come to say, screw the government, you know, like, why should I waste time, uh, waste time with it? But it is there and it exists. And so uh, maybe it is there, but it's just, oh, it's, it's like, uh, something happens to you. That's, that's not your fault. That's completely out of your control, but suddenly it's incumbent upon you to fix it. And, and what I wonder is like the use of the phrase deserve too, is like, why do we deserve it? Are, have we been bad? Yeah, I mean, no. it's sort of this, let me, let me fix that and say, I don't think it's deserved. I think it's, I, I think it is expected and I, and, and I can see, mm. I understand why it happens. Interesting. It's free talk live. Eight, five, five, four fifty free is the number. Call us. Do we get the government? We deserve what? Let us know what you think. Free talk live. There's a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world. It's the CC Radio 2. It has the best AM reception, bar none, thanks to their twin-coil ferrite AM antenna. It also has stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. I recently got one. It's the nicest radio I've ever owned. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are lauded for their quality by experts the world over. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get the CC Radio 2 at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Stephanie here with you. Brad loves Soundgarden. <laughs> you knew what it was. I didn't. I'm a little bit of a music noob. I'm glad I have you here to help me, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to call us, uh, tell us about your favorite music or anything that, uh, else that's on your mind. We've got more important things to discuss, I think. Although art is important. Sure, it's a, a lot of a form of expression. People enjoy it a lot. 855-450-FREE is our number. 855 855- Four five zero three seven three three. I want to talk about this with you, Brad, because I think you all have a unique perspective on this police stop where there were some cops in this case looking for a bank robber, a real criminal. And uh, instead of, you know, targeting their efforts, they actually just handcuffed every single adult at an intersection and held them there for hours. And I want to discuss that, but do want to first remind you about uh uh, shop.freetalklive.com. If you want to help out Free Talk Live, if you enjoy what we do, putting on free content for you every single night of the week, uh, that's a rarity in the world of uh, audio c- content, uh, talk radio anyway, um, you can help us out for free by going to shop.freetalklive.com. A percentage of your sale uh, when you enter Amazon uh, through Free Talk Live's portal will go back to Free Talk Live. It won't affect your purchase price at all. And uh, just an easy, quick, and free way to help out the show. And we certainly do appreciate it when you do that. So thanks so much. Okay, Brad, let's get right into this article. Um, It's from abcnews.go.com. So police stop handcuff every adult at intersection in search for bank robber. They, uh, they're really, uh, fond of the one size fits all policies, huh? Well, um, (laughs) from the police, police perspective, if you're, if you're going to a bank robbery, right? Like say, you know, and there's lots of people around bank robbery. I'm going to very loosely say, um, robbing a federal, a federally insured bank is a crime, a crime with a victim. Um, I say it loosely because the banks have been victimizing the American public forever. And and what did they do to rob the bank? Did they hold people up at gunpoint? I mean, that's a threat. Right. Uh, right. So, I yeah. mean, yes. Yeah. So, sure. so there was a teller who was victimized, you know, as, as someone uh, who's very libertarian. I don't have any problem with 
with a bank robber being prosecuted. Oh, no, I agree. That's that has a victim. Yeah. Right. Um, that said, um, the uh, what are the police supposed to do? I mean, if, if the police are concerned that someone has a gun and there's like a whole bunch of people in an area, uh, the police are and the police don't know that someone is mixed in. Um, you know, it, it sounds like what they did was they just uh, they knew or suspected a person was in the area and they just grabbed everybody in order to find out, uh, you know, which person it was. Um, you know, I, I think from a uh, from someone, my standpoint, from having studied the law for so long, I think the police are going to be found to have acted ju- justifiably. Um, well, they're the ones finding themselves to be acting justifiably, right? <laughs> well, sometimes. Or, or people who, are, who they have relationships with and they know, right? S- their s- friends. Right, sometimes. But I would ask allies. you, like... How do you think the police should have responded to this? Because they know well, this. Well, let's see the details. You want to hear what happened? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's see the details of this. Police in Aurora, Colorado, searching for a suspected bank robbers or, or sus- suspected bank robbers, stopped every car at an intersection, handcuffed all the adults and searched the cars, one of which they believed was carrying the suspect. So they not only handcuffed them in the middle of an intersection, but searched every single car that was there. I wouldn't have a problem with that as long as they weren't like rifling through, uh, you know, glove boxes, you know, because if they if they have a person can't be in a glove exactly box, like, right? right, exactly. If, if they if the police had like really good, but it's OK. I mean, do you think that maybe they found some other items that they might have followed up on later? Uh, I, I searching people's cars without probable in, in cause. A, is that probable cause? It, yeah. OK, it would be. I mean, if, if the police know that there is, you know, a viol- so just simply being at an intersection. If, if the police are looking for a violent criminal in an area and you happen to be in the area um, and you get detained, I mean, that is considered constitutional. I mean, like if, if the, so, so this brings up the question that, OK, often we've all been pulled over, right? The, the officer who pulls you over will often say something like, where are you going tonight? Where yeah. are you coming from or yeah. what, what's your home or whatever? And uh, are they doing that because they want maybe, you know, they've heard that there is a criminal going on the same highway and they're heading north and they then have probable cause if you say I'm going north too or uh, what? Well, poli- police are trained to do that specifically to see if people are nervous uh, to, to, you know, to look for drugs in the car to, mm-hmm. to, to see, you know, what type of responses people have. But Probably to see if they're drunk too, I suppose. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Start talking to them. But I mean... <laughs> and you don't have to answer any of those questions, right? No, you, you never have to answer uh, gu- uh, questions from, from the police ever. I mean, but mm-hmm. I mean, this situation... I can't say that I really object to it. I mean, if they know the police know that there is like a violent criminal in the area, it stinks if you're a person who's like also in the area, you know, but what if it's a what if they have a tip that there's a terrorist and they're coming (laughs) down a highway? So they stop every single car. What about immigration checkpoints? What if they have a tip that there's an illegal immigrant and they might have drugs in their car and they stop? They block off the entire highway. They inconvenience Hundreds of vehicles, you know, people in hundreds of vehicles, uh, they take up a lot of people's day. There was one time. uh, Well, go ahead. Well, I think I I think we need to talk about these things from a degree of reasonableness. Like I think the government. Is that unreasonable? I don't think I all the time they have tips about illegal immigrants and their checkpoints. And right. And I I think I think you got uh, caught up in one yourself. Yeah, I think internal checkpoints in the United States are unconstitutional that uh, me personally. But. I the police are supposed to find uh, violent criminals. So if there is a person in the area and there are a bunch of people, you know, and the police don't know who the you know who the person is, um, I can 
I can understand why they would do that. You know, I think of the movie V for Vendetta when uh, V is in like the uh, TV studio and then he comes out and there's a whole bunch of people that are dressed like him and the police just don't know who, you know, yeah, who where's is. Waldo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's unfortunate if you're there, but uh, the police are supposed to track down like if okay. the government. If the government's doing anything, I want them to uh, go after violent people. And and that's what they're trying to do in this situation. It's kind of a messy, but then again, so is robbing a bank. Okay, yeah, let's let's read a little bit more about this. Police said they had received what they called a, quote, reliable tip. So they can do anything in the case of a reliable tip. I mean, in this case, it worked out, but how many tips did they get that... Did they actually catch a bank robber? Okay, here, if we scroll down here, the search lasted between uh, an hour and a half and two hours, and it wasn't until the final car was searched that police apprehended the subject. So they did, or suspect, excuse me. So they did catch him, but it wasn't until the last car. Well, obviously then they were acting on relevant information that the person was hiding in a car. Well, the tip turned out to be reliable, but... You know, it's it's not we like we hear about unreliable tips all the time. It's not like these these officers set up a checkpoint to stop everybody just because they were looking for drugs or immigrants or people who were intoxicated. They were responding to a report of a bank robbery, mm-hmm. and, and bank robberies. You know, look back to the the shootout out, out in L.A. Um, I mean, there was a there was a horrible shootout back in uh, the nineties. You know, involving automatic weapons, police officers were killed. You know, it uh, it, it was it was terrible and. A bank robbery today is treated the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very serious threat. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. It's a serious threat, and I, I couldn't never condone that. But, you know, uh, the irony here is that other property crimes, when it's a bank robbery, right, which wasn't even necessarily, maybe there were threats of violence, but it wasn't maybe overtly violent, uh, they pay a lot of attention to it. So that's, you know, essentially a property crime. It's theft. Um, but other property crimes, you know, like if your car gets stolen, if your laptop gets stolen, something like that, it's really hard to get them to respond. Yeah, you know, if your but, checkbook gets stolen. But I mean, when you think bank robbery, you think weapons, you know, I mean, you think violence and, uh, yeah, some bank robberies are like, and it was an armed robber. Sure. So, so uh, the police are pulling weapons out and detaining people in an aggressive way because of an aggressive crime had just been committed. And, and, you know, having personally been in the situation where I'm responsible responding to one of these things i mean you're given very little information yep. from your dispatchers and you have to get to a situation and uh make a decision that's uh, second guessed for months and then years when it's litigated mm. so it's like you sure. have you have to act very quickly and i mean it sounds like in this particular situation the the police were able to find the actual criminal mm-hmm. and you know I, I don't like that all these people got searched but the police weren't like on a fishing expedition, they were looking for someone who's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wonder how how much this happens and um, what else they could use to justify. Maybe it wouldn't be a reliable tip next time. Uh, maybe a more flimsy one. Uh, but it's interesting to hear your perspective, Brad. I, you know, I I think your arguments are good. Let's go to the phones. Maybe this person has a perspective on what we're discussing. Ed's listening in Tennessee. What's on your mind, Ed? Hey, uh, I don't think a bank robbery is a big threat. Maybe okay, and why? Let him go. Let him take the money, then do the investigation. Why risk, you know, uh, your rights over a little fear? 
see what I mean? You don't do that. You don't let money. The bank does have insurance right. for that very purpose. Well, right? well, the whole idea of the FDIC uh, is kind of a joke. I, I read a paper a few years ago that the FDIC had about like $54 billion to insure $5.4 trillion in deposits. So it's it's all smoke <laughs> yeah, and mirrors. That's not going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> Ed, hold the line if you would. I know you had something more to say. It's Free Talk Live. We're coming up. Uh, we're coming up on more. This third hour of the show is next. Uh, you can call us at 855-450-FREE. Bring up whatever's on your mind. We'll talk more about this uh, bank robbery situation, uh, plus your calls in Hour 3 of Free Talk Live. Stay tuned. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. This is Stephanie with you. And this is Brad. We're glad to have you joining us. Please call the show at 855-450-FREE if you have something to say. Free Talk Live is a show where you can call us and bring up whatever's on your mind. We're open to talking about lots of different topics, and we've covered some interesting ground this evening from the TSA up to cops handcuffing and searching every single vehicle at an intersection uh, looking for bank robbers. 855-450-3733 is the number if you'd like to weigh in with your thoughts. But we're going to go right back to the phones as we kick off Hour 3 here with Ed in Tennessee. Ed, uh, tell us what's on your mind. Ed, are you with us? All right. Let's put Ed back on hold, Brad. <laughs> we'll go back to him later. Okay. Um, so, you know, I had seen this other article that I wanted to bring up and uh, talk to you about. Um, let's see. This is interesting. The headline is, this pizza has sextra toppings. It has sex for toppings? <laughs> this pizza... This Excuse me. This pizza has sextra toppings. So like it has extra toppings. But oh, with sex. I see the play on words there. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of an interesting article. Apparently there's a pizzeria who has been the subject of a lawsuit for sexual harassment by one of their, uh, let's see, former employees who said that uh, she spotted one worker at this pizzeria. She Basically, the accusation is that the pizza came with uh, sex with the employees. Where is this place? <laughs> New York City. Oh. It's an Italian eatery. And it, unfortunately, the page is, has a little pop-up that's blocked uh, what I was trying to see about it. But uh, the, this employee says that she was forced to clean up numerous used condoms in this pizza joint. She frequently saw one worker giving oral sex to customers and other customers de- disappearing into the restrooms with the staff. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how much the pizza cost. Hmm. Or if it was just a front or something like that. What do you think of this? Well... You think people should be able to sell uh, pizza plus sex if they would like to? I think the safest place in the United States, if you wish to get the service of a prostitute, is in the counties in Nevada where it is legal. The um, The women who choose to work in the industry there, they don't have uh, abusive, uh, you know, pimps. Yeah. They're able to unionize and work together and have... Uh, 
you know, respectable working conditions. And I don't think uh, I don't think the government should be outlawing morality. Sure. And or it's it's vision of what is moral. Yeah. I mean, my view on this is kind of nuanced. I mean, on one hand, I think that it's possible that I don't want to say this is true of all prostitutes because everybody's an individual, right? Everybody who chooses to go into sex work, no matter what that what type of sex work that is. And everyone likes pizza. <laughs> yes, they do. Well, I don't like pizza. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe a, maybe a carb free pizza. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for that. But you know, everyone who's a sex worker chooses to go into that profession for their own reason. Um, on on one hand, I can't imagine that it's always a fun job. I mean, I bet they have to deal with a lot of stuff that maybe isn't that great, like people just objectifying them and kind of treating them nasty and expecting them to. But, do things that maybe they don't want to do. But you should have a right. If you own your body, you should have a right to do with it as you see fit. And if you if you wish to contract with someone uh, to allow someone to treat you in an abusive manner, you should be able to do that. <sighs> I, I, it's so hard for me to say that you should be able to contract with someone to treat you in an abusive manner. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to put them in jail to stop them. You know, I wouldn't no. want to prohibit them from doing it. Absolutely not. No. And I do believe that people own their own bodies. They're free to make their own decisions, even if maybe I feel concerned about their decisions or I disagree with them or something like that. Not saying I disagree with all of them, but, you know, I have heard lots of stories where it is not uh, fun to work in as a sex worker, whether it's a stripper or a prostitute or whatever. The thing about the uh, the, pro, the the large blanket prohibition uh, on prostitution in the United States that really bothers me is that it's the people who... Uh, the most outspoken people who say that prostitution should remain illegal that get caught on the DC madams, uh, you know, little black book and, uh, you know, yeah. U S Senator David Vitter, you know, he, he, uh, he who doth protest too much. Right? Exa- exactly. You know, it's t- typically, <laughs> sometimes it's gay prostitutes too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was a, a very outspoken, uh, I believe he was some sort of pastor or he had some sort of church. I mean, there's, there's lots of, Oh, Ted Haggard. There's lots of hateful the, people the, who the happen gay to have a church with the meth. Is yeah, that what yeah, you're referring it, to? Yeah. People, there's so many of them. It's hard the, to keep track. Was he the gentleman or not so gentleman who was, uh, you know, he very loud loudly advocating uh, to take away gay rights. And yes, uh, a lot of pastors have been caught, you know, it's the whole, it's the whole he who doth protest too hard or whatever right. uh, mentality. You know, they, they are railing against this publicly because it's something in themselves that they wish to suppress or that they've been told is wrong, you know? And so they're desperately trying to convince themselves that uh, this is a choice and that they can, uh, they can act, be straight if they want to, but while repressing their own people. Yeah, exactly. And and people listen to them, unfortunately, yeah. and the political system listens to them, unfortunately, as well, yeah. um, you know, voting away the rights of gay people. But let me read you a little bit more from this uh, sex and pizza article. An Italian eatery uh, just steps from Yankee Stadium is charging customers for slices of pizza and sex with their wait staff. The lawsuit claims Yankee fans heading to stadium pizza after ball games were treated to a smorgasbord of waitresses and bartenders. Moonlighting as prostitutes, Jesus. according to a lawyer for former employee who is uh, suing the restaurant's owners for sexual harassment. Uh, so, how could they get away with running an operation like this in such a, a populated area? I, I don't know. I mean, it's illegal to buy a soda over sixteen ounces now, but uh, sex with pizza—that's completely okay. I I don't know. Maybe may, maybe Mayor Bloomberg isn't so bad. 
<laughs> you know, like I know he, you know, he's very well, anti-firearm. Do you remember rights. who was that other mayor of uh, New York City? Uh, or was it the mayor? I'm, I'm kind of hazy on the details and I'm trying to remember the name. There was a high class um, prostitute service. It was the governor of New York. OK. Elliot Spitzer. Elliot that's who Spitzer. It was. Yes. Yep. And I, I believe he still has a show on CNN. And he was the yeah. attorney general of he New made York. Out like a bandit, I'm sure. He was the attorney general of New York. And, um, you know, he prosecuted this type of crime, you know, yeah. uh, but you know, you notice that it's usually the, the sex workers themselves who end up getting put in jail, getting prosecuted and stuff like that. If it's a client who's the governor of New York or the mayor of some city, well, they're not going to get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. There's one set of rules for some and yeah, I mean, whether set of rules for others, whether uh, prostitution is your thing or not, I would like to think that you would uh, expect, um, a uniform set of rules from the government. And if you, you know, if you just Google prostitution, government official, I'm sure you're going to come up with countless examples of, you know, the secret service was just, they're still embroiled in a, a prostitution scandal. Sure. Uh, I mean, it, it seems like it's almost over with, but yeah, you know, I mean, these are, these are people who on one hand advocate putting people in jail for doing things uh, that are peaceful. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, they do those same exact things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, I, like I said, I want to reiterate one more time that I would not prohibit someone from being a sex worker or anything like that. And I really think that they often get treated unfairly, especially by the the justice system. It's the world's oldest profession, isn't it? It is. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know. On the other hand, uh, I don't like the idea. I, I'm just saying I don't like it. Not saying that I would prohibit it in any way. I don't like the idea of people renting their bodies or their intimacy or whatever, you know. Yeah. Call me a prude if you want to, but it doesn't appeal to me. You're entitled to your opinion. And, and I feel for them because I, I think it's often made light of. It's like, oh, yeah, people should be able to prostitute themselves, whatever they want, as if it's like a really light decision. Like there are lots of people who enter into that profession who may feel forced by circumstances or they, you know, they really are in desperate need of money or something like that. Well, global global human trafficking is is a huge problem. And uh, oh, well, that's slavery. It, I mean, is, right? it is. It is slavery. And if people are kidnapped and this consensually, this uh, this trade of humans, which is just absolutely despicable. Um, what do you think it would be so bad if prostitution were actually legal in more locations? You know, I mean, would would black market people who are able to I don't know. Porn is legal nearly everywhere. And people still isn't it funny isn't trafficking. It, isn't it funny that if you go masturbation and you, is legal everywhere if, or if you, nobody's going to know if you uh, if you offer to pay somebody for sexual services, that's a crime unless you put a camera there because then it's expressive speech. I mean, it's just it's well, yeah, that's the distinction <laughs> between uh, porn and prostitution. Yeah, right. I know it's it doesn't really make sense. And then you you know if you're a guy you take a girl out to dinner you know I mean spend a lot of money and then you end up you know having oh relations with each other I mean isn't there an argument to be made there that that could be considered prostitution? Uh, I, well, some people would make that argument. I I hope it's freely exchanged intimacy because people want to. We'll talk about that a little more though. It's free talk live eight five five four fifty free. Uh, tell us your prostitution stories if you have them. Free talk live. want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the porcupine realtor do you want a home with 20 acres a lakeside cabin any takers for renters buyers and sellers too mark warden is the guy for you porcupinerealtor.com 
Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Stephanie with you. And Bradley. Thanks for joining us this evening. The number for the show is 855-453-855-450-3733. We've been talking about sex work lately, but uh, all manner of topics have come up on this evening's program. And hey, if you run a website or blog and you're looking to add a forum, but you don't want to compromise the privacy of your users, consider plainboards.com. Plainboards.com offers free-to-use anonymous message boards to anyone who wants one. There is no installation necessary and uh, certainly no identification or logging in required. Start your board in seconds and protect your users' privacy with plainboards.com. All right, let's go straight back to the phones, Brad. We've got a lot of calls on the line. Ed is with us in Tennessee. We're going to try Ed again. We had a little bit of a phone issue before, but Ed, are you with us now? Yes. Thank you. So uh, hey, what's uh, on your mind? I kind of agree with Brad about one. Of, y'all talk about so much stuff when you get on hold and <laughs> and you can get a good buzz in about 15 minutes. I tell you, Ed. I can't tell you that. We're just, we're like zinging all over the place, man. So you got to yeah. you gotta keep up with us. Uh, anyway, Stephanie, and uh, this is the way I look at it. Maybe Bradley does too. Government's main function to me is to protect and maintain our individual rights. Absolutely. If more people knew that, then none of this could be happening. But I want to end that there because Stephanie, me and you talk about all this other stuff. Did you see the the high school in uh, New York? Uh, no, what happened very there? Well, to do high was it next day. to the pizza place with the sex pizza? <laughs> I don't know, but it should have been. These kids were just as smart, pretty, nice. But anyway, they protested dress code and they called it. It's a slutty Wednesday. Oh wow! They, <laughs> Is this like the anyway, slut walk thing? It, and I don't but, want to stay on that long either. If you well, let bef- me off, but Ed, before you go on, this is an interesting concept. Have you ever heard of this, Brad? The 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 slut walks. Absolutely, that was it. Was caused by uh, wasn't it a Toronto police officer who uh, who spoke disparagingly about sex workers? Uh, I think he was just talking about women who wore like short skirts or oh, something ba- like that. Basically saying that they like that encourage they asked for it, sexual yeah. assault. Yeah, right. it's a, well, the know, whole idea is to protest the idea of blaming the victim. Like right. the, the idea that if a woman is sexually assaulted, then it matters what she was wearing. Like personally, I don't care if someone's walking down the street naked. They never are asking to or deserve to be touched in a way that they don't want to. Yeah, that just that seems like an incredibly uh, narrow-minded uh, view of uh, and very disrespectful to legitimate victims of sexual violence. Yeah. yeah. Hey, to, uh, to quote John Lennon, woman is nigger of the world. Oh, but it's changing, Ed, Steph. we're going to have to let you go. I'm sorry. We can't say that on what? the air. So, sorry about that. Thanks for the call, Ed. Um, all right. Hopefully that got it with the dump panel. And... Uh, all right, it's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE is our number if you'd like to weigh in with your thoughts. Um, okay, let's go to Kelvin in Colorado. Kelvin wants to talk about the bank robber uh, or maybe the government that we deserve. Kelvin, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hi, Stephanie and Bradley. Hey, Hi. is this the Kelvin that I know? Uh, yes, it is. Excellent. Nice to hear from you. <laughs> What's yeah, on your mind, nice Kelvin? Nice to hear you. Uh, you, by the, you guys make a great duo, uh, sort of the way Ian and Mark do. Uh, you Kind of Thank bounce you. off of each other. Yeah, we're a little. We've got a little bit of that, you know, minarchist anarchist tension going we, on. I we guess. were just, we were just talking about our excellent chemistry on the break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then something else. I didn't think that. I, I asked one time specifically, "What are the words you cannot say on the air?" And I was given four words, and the N word was not one of those words. So I just wanted to. Okay. I I don't don't think that word is banned by the FCC, but I just, it's like. I'm uncomfortable with it. uh, Me too. And And I, I, 
When in doubt, I say dump him. You know, I mean, I, I like Ed. He's a nice caller and stuff. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't aware that that's, that wasn't okay to say on the radio. But, you know, I'm just a fill-in host, but I don't want to do anything that might endanger Ian and Mark on their yeah. radio stations. And so I think when in doubt, it's best just to just to dump it. Okay. Well, they were explicit in what the four words were. So oh, well, if you go surprised. to freetalklive.com and you download the podcast, you can hear what he said. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening well, on the radio. Said. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. So, Kelvin, what's on your mind? Okay. Uh, Bradley, you expressed the opinion that it was proper for the police to handcuff all the adults and search all the cars for an hour and a half to two hours uh, because they had a tip that the uh, robbery suspect uh, was possibly in one of these cars. And, uh, well, I can see your point from a, a practical standpoint from you know, taking the view of someone that's job it is to find, you know, catch this this guy. What if uh, the bank robber had been seen running into an apartment complex with 50 mm, uh, Good units? question. Uh, Can they go into okay your house? <laughs> that's a really good question. And I mean, I, I don't I don't think I can give you like a really good factual answer without like knowing lots of other stuff. But I mean, I, I well, just... What would that depend on? Well, I mean, it would what depend on... If, it would depend on, you know... Yeah, what your dispatcher said, what you know. I mean, like, again, I mean, police are put with the victimless crime laws that are, you know, results of corporate corruption aside, the police do enforce laws that protect people. And the police are put into uh, situations where they have to they have to make a decision on on how to handle a potentially volatile situation, like within seconds as they're driving 90 miles an hour down the road to try to, to get some place in time. So it's an incredible amount of stress put on, uh, put on the individual police. And, um, again, I mean, a, a person who robs a bank could present a, a, a serious threat to public safety, especially if they, especially if they use a firearm. I mean, and did say he was armed, but yeah, yeah I have similar concerns to, to Kelvin. I think he brings up a good you know thought question because I'm sure that's not unheard of. I'm sure it's not, that it's never happened before that a bank robber does run into somebody's apartment right. complex or house. And it's called hot pursuit. Um, when okay. The, when, the, when the police are allowed to uh, actually chase somebody into, uh, into a private residence uh, if they commit a serious crime. Uh, but I, I guess, yeah, I mean, I don't like the fact that, that innocent people got detained and got searched. But, I mean, what do you think the appropriate response should be, Kelvin? I mean, I mean obviously... I would like to think that you would think these these types of uh, serious crimes should be addressed. Oh, I definitely think they should be addressed. But uh, it, first of all, it wasn't really a split-second decision. It, it went on for an hour and a half to two hours. It could have stopped at any time. Uh, but the police could, you know, start questioning more people, get a better description, watch the, the cars go by. Uh, well, if you, you know, if you know... If you know that there's somebody who just did something uh, violent in, um, like, say, in a group of 20 people, um, do you think uh, do you think detaining the entire group to in order to investigate which one is guilty is inappropriate? Well, maybe uh, detaining them, but handcuffing them, and uh, 
I don't know how else you detain him. I I don't know. I'm just concerned about the slippery slope that it, it looks like here. Mm. Of, of uh, course, of I, course. Yeah, and, and, I have the same thought about the handcuffing too, but, Calvin. But that's how I mean. That's how these things go. There is a slippery slope, but we're not talking about a blanket checkpoint where you have to stop and and present your papers. We're talking about although those do exist too. They, they do exist, <laughs> but we're talking about the police responding to a specific crime in a specific area, and not that the not that the uh, ends justify the means, but they were obviously correct, and the, the tip was obviously true. So, I, I mean, society expects the police to catch bank robbers, so, I, I mean, how can you how can you do it if, unless if you're allowed to investigate it? And, and oh, just trust us, we'll do the right thing. <laughs> Kelvin, thanks for the call. I hope that answers your question tonight. It's Free Talk Live 855-450-FREE is our number. More coming up, your calls. It's Free Talk Live. Technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. My name is Stephanie. My name happens to be Bradley. Bradsidopedia or whatever. Bradopedia. <laughs> the encyclopedic knowledge of, .com. Uh, of the state and the law. <laughs> 855-450-FREE is the number to call if you'd like to talk with us tonight. We certainly encourage you to talk with us and bring up whatever's on your mind. We do have some calls waiting on the line, but I uh, want to remind you that if you want a way to access Free Talk Live from your mobile phone, you can always go to m.freetalklive.com. Maybe Brad can do it right now. He's sitting there uh, browsing on his phone. <laughs> you can go to m.freetalklive.com and get the easiest ways to listen. Just a little convenience for you. And uh, hey, there is a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world. It is the CC Radio 2. This is famous, apparently. Um, I mean, actually, I've, I've kind of seen it in action, and it looks great. It has the best AM reception, bar none, thanks to their twin, coral, excuse me, twin coil ferrite AM antenna. I don't claim to understand the technology, but I do understand that they have a great reputation. This company, C-Crane, is just bar none in the radio industry. They make great products. It's also got stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. Uh, Mark got one, and he's loving it. You can get a free flashlight. When you enter, uh, excuse me, when you order the CC Radio 2 by using uh, the uh, pull down menu on the checkout and mentioning Free Talk Live. And you can, of course, get that at ccrane.com. That's C C R A N E.com. You can also call them at 800. 800- 522-8863. That's 800-522-8863. That's for C-Crane. And uh, make sure you mention Free Talk Live when you check out for a free flashlight. And of course, uh, if you were listening to our show last night, that's a flashlight. Just want to get that clear. I guarantee you if anyone calls in and asks Ian any question about like the technical stuff about that, he'll, oh, yeah, he'll, he'll, know he'll, he'll give you like five segments about it and, and, and you'll know all about it. By the time he's done, you know I've learned a lot from hearing Ian talk about radio. Technology, oh, he's really he's really radio, he's very things. well educated about uh, about this stuff. 
He is a geek, and I mean that in the best sense, just someone who's really passionate about what they do, which is cool. All right, let's go straight to the phones, Brad. Let's bring on James. He's listening in Alabama. James, are you with us? Thank you, Brad. What's Stephanie? Hey, James. Good evening. Um, What's on your mind? Well, I called y'all about a little bit less than two years ago and told you about a home invasion robbery that happened to me. And I'm sorry to hear that, and I don't remember the call two years ago, but can you give us a recap? Oh, sure. I was in bed with my girlfriend and her girlfriend. Oh, And hot. suddenly I, I heard what I thought was a drunk stumbling to my house that I'd thrown out earlier. Okay. And it turned out it was the local police. They wow. kicked my door in, rousted us, threw me in jail, charged me a, put me on a $100,000 bond. I paid $10,000. $100,000? Wow. Yes. Yes. For uh, a small amount of drugs that was found here belonging to my girlfriend. She she had a drug. Oh, that's how it and goes. And I was trying to rescue her. Uh, as, like a dumbass. I'd never been in that world. I didn't know anything about it. I fell in love with this girl. And long I'm sorry story to hear short, that. Right? Wow, you got but, caught up. Yeah. But what they did is, after I paid $10,000 to get out, they listed me again for possession of stolen property. And put me on a half a million dollar bond. Oh, my. And what was the stolen property that they alleged? A gun that I had a receipt for where it was bought <laughs> brand new. Wow. Well, I think um, and, I think the problem here is that uh, drug abuse and addiction is treated as a criminal problem instead of a medical one. Yes. And, well, let's, uh, con- let's continue. Yeah. Sure. A- after waiting 30 days in jail and my house was robbed three different times while I was in there. Yeah, because you could, I how could you post that bond? <laughs> uh, well, finally I got it reduced to 25000 So I had to pay another 2500 oh, How generous of them, yeah. Pay. Yes, yeah. <laughs> After sitting in jail for 30 days for a gun. And then they threatened me with my next bond was going to be a million dollars. Wow. So do you have I any, got out. Do you have any type of criminal I, history, sir? Like, have you been in trouble before? No. No, no, nothing uh, marijuana charged 30 years ago. Oh. I've, n- I've never been a drug dealer. And they accused me of dealing drugs. They called me a major drug distributor in the local media for three days straight. <laughs> they, I, bet it, they, I bet it would be hard to get a job after that, huh? It's impossible. Yeah. All my friends have abandoned me because they knew I wasn't oh. dealing drugs, and they didn't know what was going on. You know what you should do? They have confiscated my property and held it for three years. They cannot even get the charges out of the grand jury. My attorney is taking a wait-and-see attitude, and I very aggressively wanted him to fight this case. You know what you I, should do, I, sir? I've, I've called, called and told him I want a, a, uh, all the, all the uh, disclosure. James, you I know, think uh, Brad has a suggestion, a suggestion for you. My suggestion was going to be that you uh, move from wherever wherever you are to New Hampshire. And, uh, I own a hundred and fifty thousand dollar four thousand square foot home. I can't just up and abandon a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. No, that's no. Sir. And I would like to move to Hampshire. I was listening to y'all show before this ever happened, mm. and now we're coming up on three years, 
and and they're going to drop the charges in at the at nine. It happened on nine eleven of oh nine also. On top of everything else, so much they for the right the, to a speedy the trial. Day of tragic, yeah. tragedy to the gears of justice life. turn slowly. Yeah. It's like a meat grinder. Well, it's, it's it's not even that. They can't get the charges out of the grand jury. There's not enough evidence. So I was not dealing drugs. So James, they they're, are still the whole case is garbage. Is this but case is I'm still pending right now? James, is this is it still pending? Yes, it's still pending. Oh Three my. years later, they're holding my property. They got my my personal property locked up. They. My house is not mine anymore, and in the past three years, I've had to sell everything I own to survive. I, I've sold. I had oh. cars paid for. I had everything in my life set to coast the rest of my life. Oh, uh, it ruins. I, I was set up. It really interferes it, with everything. I'm. I, I'm. I feel terrible for you. I'm the, so sorry to hear that. The war on drugs. They, they ripped me apart emotionally, physically, yeah. financially, socially, everywhere I can imagine. And my attorney's taking this latency attitude, and my real fear is after the three years are up, I won't even be able to sue them. The, and uh, I need a really good civil rights attorney to please, I'm begging someone to please help me, to, to let me know what I can do. I don't trust any of these local attorneys. I don't trust. Well, Brad, you know, Brad may be a good resource. I don't know, Brad, if you have anything that you want to add to this. I mean, move to New Hampshire sounds like a good suggestion to me, but it's hard when there's a pending case for sure. Well, there's a lot of people up up in here in New Hampshire, sir. There's a a really good show I'd like to recommend. It's called uh, Speak Up with Kevin Averd, um, and it's a state uh, representative here here in New Hampshire, Kevin is, who is uh, uh, doing a show featuring people who basically just have their rights absolutely destroyed by the government. And again, the drug war itself uh, is probably the most destructive social policy since Jim Crow. And that was uh, the slippery slope right there. We slid head first off that slippery slope when Reagan started the war on drugs. This is just well, it was President Nixon who started the war on drugs, and certainly President Reagan, Reagan added enhanced to it. it. Yeah, he enhanced it, and um, you know, drug. Drug use and abuse is a problem in this country, and uh, it, it needs to be addressed, but it doesn't need to be addressed with violence, and it doesn't need to have all the, uh, you know, all the shrapnel hurting people like you, um, who, you know, basically you're just minding your own business trying to help someone you cared about, and then all of a sudden your life's destroyed. Why? Because there was, happened to be a chemical sitting somewhere that, you know... That somebody didn't like. That somebody didn't it's like. Not, or it's flower. not just that. No, this is this crooked little town I live in. Before, when three days after I moved into this house and bought and paid for it, I had it, my other home burned in the other side of the county, and I come here and bought oh, this no. house and paid for it. Wow, tragedy yeah, my after father another. Died the year before. You know, it's just been one thing after another. Yeah, James, and, James, I'm I'm so sorry to hear about this. I really hope that this all works out for you. Please keep us updated. And, uh, it, you know, if you have someone to talk to, maybe a friend or a uh, partner or a therapist or something like that, maybe that would help. And good luck with all this. I really hope that you're able to beat it. Maybe we'll see him in New Hampshire. Yeah, I mean, I, the advice I can give you is just to stay cool and to... Uh, as much as as much as it's hard when you get caught up in things like this, I've seen a lot of people uh, caught up either in the family court system or in the just the criminal courts. You have to remain cool and you have to do things by the book because if you don't, they're going to use it against you. Yeah, emotions run high during these situations, but uh, I agree with Brad's assessment. It doesn't hurt in any situation to uh, keep control of yourself, keep your cool. It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE is the number. Your call's coming up on Free Talk Live. Stay tuned. 
empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique Silver Dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on M-E-M-E dot com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. It's Stephanie with you. And Bradley. And we are launching into the final segment of tonight's show. So you know what that means. It means if you want to talk with us, you're going to have to do it quick at uh, by dialing 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. That's our number. And I'd like to remind you that if you appreciate Free Talk Live, if you like what we do, if you enjoy listening to the show, you can help support Free Talk Live and make a huge difference in uh, the, the future directions of the show by going to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It's an easy way to help the show by donating about the cost of a cup of coffee every month to Free Talk Live. You can do it for as little as three bucks a month, and you get uh, access to special thank you gifts like the commercial free podcast, which is a big perk. You know, if you uh, listen to the show on podcast, always nice to have one where uh, you hear less ads. So amp.freetalklive.com will get you the details. And thank you so much. We do appreciate that, uh, that support. Okay, let's go back to the phones, Brad. We've got Shadow waiting on the line in Huntsville, Alabama. Shadow, are you with us? Thank you very much. By the way, you've got a wonderful radio voice. Oh, thank you so much, Shadow. So what's on your mind? Yeah. Oh, oh, he wasn't talking well, to me? Oh, maybe he was. Shadow, were you talking to Brad or me, Stephanie? <laughs> uh, you, Stephanie. Oh, okay. okay. Thanks a lot. How presumptuous. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm just, I was listening to all this right here. In my own personal opinion, for what it's worth, I think the real criminals in this drug war out here is the cops and the judges. And I've seen it. There are the cops out here. They shoot people whenever they get mad at the girlfriend or something. They get off scot-free. You see all these high-speed car chases. That, that's right. a pretty serious. A uh, on TV. It's a pretty serious accusation you know, that they. That well, they... that's that's the way I feel about it anyway. Uh-huh. If, you, if you remember the videos that used to have on TV, that Sheriff John Bunnell of Los Angeles, you see all these high speed cars and crashes and everybody getting banged up and killed and everything else smashed up. They, and they, they think it's funny. Like uh, when I lived in Sacramento, California, a, a, a cop hit this lady and killed her. Uh, and you know, a mother and a daughter now in their car oh used the car, so he misses the he didn't catch this guy, kills the woman. The daughter was banged up for a while and all like that. But then he had them, and they they showed the picture of the car upside down. All right, cop car. Mm-hmm. And then he's had the nerve to say, "Well, they shouldn't have been out in the streets this time of night anyway, man. They should be home." Oh There's wow, talk about blaming the victim, you know? huh? Talking about blaming yeah, the victim. Yeah, I mean, hey man, they, the women and all the people, regular people like us. We pay the taxes for these morons and all like that. And they all belong to mental institutions anyway, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I, know, I hear a lot of frustration, and I, I sympathize with that. I really do. I, I don't. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't like seeing innocent people getting in trouble out here, man. Yeah. When the, when the yeah. criminals are the ones with the badges and the black robes. Shadow, if I, if I may uh, add something, um, I, I think there's a lot of good cops who don't understand the, uh, the background of the drug war. I think um, a lot of cops don't understand that. It was argued that marijuana should be prohibited because it causes white women to have interest in black men. Um, I, I, oh no! 
Oh no! Yeah, I, I think uh, I think a lot of cops don't know that the private prison industry in the United States sends lobbyists to Washington to keep the drug laws really strict, not based on science, but based on you know corporate you know mm-hmm. <laughs> corporate greed. So. Uh, and a lot of the people, right, who are in jail, it's because of the drug war. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, it affects their lives. They have trouble getting jobs so if they get out. Instead of writing these guys off, Shadow, like you should uh, reach out to law enforcement against prohibition and get a uh, get a DVD and uh, like you know, brick, go by the police station and drop one off and let let these officers listen to. Uh, like Chief Norm Stamper, the former police chief of Seattle, uh, talk about uh, how he has come to like, all these conclusions that the drug war itself is terribly destructive and doesn't accomplish any of its goals. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I just have this opinion because I enforced the drug the drug war for many years uh, before I learned about it. And, you know, I mean, if you had that approach with me, I probably would have never come to the uh, realizations that I have by by studying up on it. So, so kinder, gentler approach. What do you think, Shadow? Well, I, if he, if he, if anybody knows any good cops these days, I wish I'd introduce to me. Because look, man, I spent four years with the National Police Department myself in the past. Now those guys are pretty decent people right there, and they and they didn't try to you know frame people up and all that kind of stuff like these clowns do. So I had the I had the time for the being the good thing right there. What I see these days, at least since the eighties onward and all like this, these people, as far as I'm concerned, they don't even belong in this country, man. They belong in Cuba or China, North Korea. Or oh, I wouldn't like advocate putting here, putting anybody there, but oh, well, oh, you're saying no, like there there would be more suited for those uh, types of governments. I, I see yeah, what you're that saying. Type of government, I exactly thought you were saying put them in about. Guantanamo. <laughs> not, shadow, not that, not that. Hey, all no, cl- that's not a bad idea. Shadow, <laughs> shadow, not that, that on anyone. Not that, not that I'm saying that there aren't corrupt or, uh, you know, abusive law enforcement officers out there. But I mean, there's a lot of good ones. And I mean, you wouldn't want to, um, you know, push away ones that you could reach through to and, uh, you know, and and make the arguments about, you know, I know you understand why the drug war is corrupt, but a lot of cops don't. So instead of just writing, you know, writing them off as as either corrupt or just bullies, like try... Can I interrupt you for a second? I have a question. Okay, so this is something that I wonder about. You know, I am a person who's really interested in uh, conflict resolution, in communication, uh, especially nonviolent communication. I've learned a lot about that over the past couple of years. And what I hear people say, I generally believe that, you know... you should always give someone the benefit of the doubt. Like it's always a good idea to talk to them like another human being, try to relate to them on some level. Those things can't hurt. But what I hear is that, okay, people say, you know, when I say this, people say, well, that would work for anyone except a cop. What do you say to that? Do you think it's true that you could get hurt by just trying to reach out to a cop and to have a conversation with them? Well, I'm cops are people. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I, I mean, agree. The cops are people, and I, I just having been there and um, you know taking the time to to study these things. You know, I'm I feel very fortunate that um, people took the time to to be nice to me, and and you know I, I'm not doubting you, Shadow, that you have obviously some grievances with with your local police department. Yeah, they sound pretty serious, yeah. but but yeah, I mean. You better believe it. <laughs> right. It, it, but I mean, at the same time, like, OK, so so you may have disagreements with with them about whatever official things they're doing, but it doesn't mean you don't have the opportunity to reach out and try to try to teach them a thing or two. I mean, I guarantee you uh, whatever police chief there is there, he would not want his officers learning about the uh, corruption that is the war on drugs, because uh 
you know, police chiefs typically want people just to enforce the law and not think about it and uh, not, you know, not come to any conclusions that this is like, you know, this is about uh, controlling personal behavior, peaceful behavior, and uh, it, it makes communities far less safe because of prohibition itself. Shadow, any final one thoughts? One thing I want to say, if, may I finish one little thing? I guess maybe the reason why I'm looking at things differently is I happen to be American Indian. I consider this to be my bloody country. And, and as far as cops are concerned, I don't think anybody should be a cop unless they're one of us. Man. And, the unless the, one unless of us meaning a Native American? American Indian, yeah, like me. You know, I have, I'm Mohawk, and the, you know, the, this is, was originally the Indian land anyway, and I don't think anybody's got a right to be a cop. Except us. Well, Shadow, one thing that I've always one thing that I've always found offensive. Uh, well, the federal government has done numerous things that are offensive to Native Americans, but yes. the um, the fact Marvel that history. the fact that Native Americans had to fight um, up to the Supreme Court in order to use peyote for uh, religious ceremonies uh, because of the Controlled Substance Act, it it uh, it was technically illegal, uh, and at the same time, people of the Rastafarian religion are prohibited from using marijuana and. Uh, Freedom of religion is uh, is obviously enshrined in the First Amendment, but it's not exactly true. It is true if you're in the majority. Go to a Catholic church and you'll see kids drinking wine. Right. You know, breaking yeah. the law. <laughs> but that's okay because us because white people do it. Because that's the majority. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. Shadow, thanks so much for the call this evening. I really appreciate your thoughts. Um, yeah, he sounded like he, he really had a rough time, you know, had some bad experiences. I can relate to that. I really yeah, can. It's, it's hard to be nice when you're being treated bad. Yeah, but uh, I, I do agree also, on the other hand, that, like you said, Brad, cops are people, you know, and the way to reach them is to talk to them like people. Yeah. Right? We can't just keep having this enemy imagery and think of them as, like, the enemy or the other, because then there'll never be any kind of connection formed. Don't, Nothing will ever change. Right. I mean, I think Shadow would want his local police to know the things that he knows about the drug war. Sure. And, I mean... You know, about the Native American thing, just in the last uh, remaining moments of the show, um, I don't... I don't know. I mean, I know that there's been a long history of abuses yeah. of, uh, ever since European settlers came to the the continent, you know, against Native Americans. However, would it make someone a better police officer or more, you know, justified in being a police officer if they were a Native American? No, I, I, I don't think, think so. That's I, I think what he was trying to say was, I think what he was trying to say is, uh, and again, I mean, Shadow Colin, and correct me in the future if I'm wrong, but I think you're trying to say that effectively the uh, Native Americans were pushed out of out of the way mm-hmm. and so any anyone to have a legitimate claim on the land here would have to be Native American. All right, it's been Free Talk Live. The show's over, but we thank you for listening. Freetalklive.com is the website where you can get all the archives for free. Brad, thanks for coming in this thank evening. Thank you very much, Stephanie. Great being with you. Yep, it's been a great show and thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow night. Well, Ian and Mark will anyway. Freetalklive.com in the meantime. <laughs> 